0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
1: Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best-kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.
2: All right, no music tonight. Hit us up live intro, CK. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans
0: have an insatiable appetite for panthers news and opinions only one podcast roars ferociously
2: it's the c3 panthers podcast perfect perfect perfect, 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 perfect. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> what's the deal panther fans it's your boy tony dunn uh here hanging out with you guys chopping up the latest panthers news and opinions it's the C c3 panthers podcast brought to you by carolina cat where where tonight i guess we will just celebrate cash money christian mccaffrey it's the 10th episode of the season there's not a lot of football to talk about but we're here to help you get through this lull in sports and get us to the draft and i'm here to do it with my homeboys what's up cody lashney
3: tony dunn we're in the podcast industry man this is the only industry unaffected by all this craziness And we're here for the Panther fans to talk about, dude, of course what we're going to talk about, Christian McCaffrey, uh, all things running back, is it worth it? And of course, we have the most lit chat room in Panther fandom in our YouTube chat right now, Tin Tizzy, Tyler Duncan, Underground West, Richards Outdoor World it done, and nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll.
2: The number's 252 228 5098. You can be a part of the C3 Panthers podcast just like CK is here and a part of it. I uh, was streamed a little video games with you the other night. I had a good time.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun little thing to do. Uh, believe it or not, I was actually streaming with the guys from Pat McAfee's uh, uh, show uh, earlier today and uh it's it's fun man when you get a, a group of people man yeah that's that's pretty awesome um uh, but uh yeah man it's uh it's nice to be able to you know hang out with you guys outside of just podcasting and talking about football and actually going and shooting some people in the face on a video
4: game
2: yeah that's Hell the truth yeah. and greg was there the bat daddy the stat daddy the man of many podcasts how are you
4: i'm doing great man i'm tired it's a long week long hours but uh you know, I got some good news this week with the uh, with the Christian McCaffrey thing, It made me feel pretty good. And you know, T Money on Twitter said that you know everybody can stop worrying now. And to a certain extent, he's right. It uh, just depends on how you look at it. But there, there are positive things about this and negative things about this. Let's go over, them, man.
2: All right, well, right on. Um, all right, so let's just go ahead and jump into that. Is that Christian McCaffrey cash m- cash rules? At what is it? Cash, cash rules money. Christian cash money Christian right cash rules everything around me cream dollar dollar bill y'all Christian McCaffrey (laughs) signs a four-year extension for 64 million dollars making him the highest paid running back in the NFL the highest paid panther and the face of the franchise moving forward we knew that that's where it had to be but there has been some speculation about how deep this rebuild was going to go and if Christian McCaffrey would be the way to gain assets or if we would even invest that much money around him. We've bet we've gone back and forth, back and forth, but it's finally here. We have something to build our team upon uh, beyond just, well, that's it. We have something now beyond just this season to build our team upon.
3: Yeah, and so listen, <laughs> I want to go first and I want to preface this uh, by saying Christian McCaffrey is the best fucking running back in the NFL. I don't yeah. want, Take, I want Barkley. I don't want Ezekiel Elliott. I don't want Todd Gurley. I wouldn't want any of those assholes. I think Christian McCaffrey is the best that there is. So, again, this is not me shitting on the player. He's easily the best player that we have on our entire offense. But I'm not going to lie, I'm of the mindset that when has a winning organization ever built their franchise around a running back? I mean, Christian McCaffrey had the best season last year uh, that any running back has had in a long time, and how many wins did that ultimately end up accounting for? Now, granted, there's more that goes into it than that, but we're still talking about we're paying $16 million a year to Christian McCaffrey now. And, uh, you know, we're hoping that Teddy Bridgewater pans out. A lot of them, a lot of Panther fans are in his corner. A lot of them aren't. Um, and, and, you know, then you have a bunch of other uh, contracts that, that are pretty hefty from k1 Short, now Bridgewater, Russell O'Kong. Um, I don't know. You really kind of have to... Uh, Wonder about the the future of our organization, and is Marty Herney uh, repeating sins of the past and overpaying for a position that's so easily replaced in today's NFL? Guys, your thoughts on
2: building now? One of the things we were told when um, Matt Rule was brought into this this thing, right, is that. This was going to be an analytics driven type um, environment. And when you look at what people have, what the analytics people say is they have devalued the running back. So, CK, where do you stand on this? As in, is this something that was done for the betterment of the Carolina Panthers, or was this something that was done because you have to have something to give to the people? Oh, C- oh so you say CK? Yeah, well, is he there? I was saying,
3: oh,
4: he's, he's gone. he I, I, no, okay. I, no. I was even looking. All right, go ahead, Greg. Uh, Take that question. I th- I think it might be kind of a little bit of a make good move, Uh, but it doesn't mean it's not a smart move. You know, you can – I think Tepper knows that the tit pans are pissed, and I don't know if he necessarily cares or not, but I'd like to think of it as a kind of an apology. Like, hey, I'm sorry, we're going to keep this guy, but I, I know it's not. It's a business move, and I get that. And, Cody, you were saying that the teams don't build around um, running backs and win Super Bowls, but I'm looking at the top rushing teams of last year, Baltimore, San Francisco, Tennessee, Seattle, Dallas, Minnesota, Buffalo, Houston. And how uh, much were they are,
3: paying each of those guys? The,
4: but those are all playoff teams that have top rushing players. I mean, no, you this
3: is not – this isn't talking about the importance of running the football. That's incredibly important. What we're talking about it is is the the you know do you have to have a top tier top flight running back to be able to do that? No one was better than San Francisco, and most of their running is backs Dan were Ruffin undrafted free agents. You know, again, this is not a critique on McCaffrey. We all love McCaffrey. He's certainly by far Ruffin the Oaken. most popular He's player on our team Gillespie. now. And part of me thinks that this isn't a football decision. It's a financial decision. Yeah. You have a fan base that's pissed off about how Cam Newton was treated uh, and Greg Olson, Luke Kickley retired. I mean, David Tepper has to put asses in seats, and who else is going to do that other than Christian McCaffrey? Because no one's coming here to see Teddy Bridgewater.
0: Nope. Who else Who else is getting paid on the offense? <clears throat>
4: Mm, um, Curtis Samuel's got to get get, either get, paid no, get have,
2: Actually, yeah, there have, is uh, nobody making any money. Maybe you could say that center, Paradis made a little, he has no, a little bit of I money. I have
3: it up right now. Uh, uh, for this next year, Russell O'Connell will be $13 million. Uh, Matt Paradis is $5.5 uh, and, and then Robbie oh. Anderson at $4 million
0: so nobody's getting paid. So the fact that we have somebody getting I mean like it'd be different if we were paying Steve Smith his money, if we right. were paying D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart his money. But the reality is here's what I'll say and 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 you know we can we can critique this all we want, but I will say that I think the running game is with what Christian McCaffrey brings to the table, I think it is more important uh, to have him on the team, but let's let's take into account for instance Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry has been By all accounts, a disappointment until this past year. This past year, he blew it out of the water, right? You know, he just went insane with his numbers. Um, Well, one thing with
2: Derrick, I think Derrick Henry Henry has always been pretty good in Tennessee. Their team has just been been a little, you know, wonky. Exactly, but But even Derrick Henry, just his thing was, is he had some of those early in the season, or at one point, those monster games. His numbers are kind of super inflated a little bit. I feel like. Yeah. Well, he he's had like
0: if you look at the the um, postseason, he was just incredible. But what I'm my point is is once they found that they could if they could actually establish a run game and actually be successful at it, look what happened to that team. They didn't need to have a top flight quarterback. You know, they they basically all they needed to do was be able to get the ball to to Derrick Henry and then get the you know not turn the ball over when they are passing the ball. Um, I mean, and I think they did that really well with Tannehill down the stretch. It's just, I think that that's kind of the same thing we need to adopt, except for we're going to be more air raid. I feel like so we'll see how it goes. But um, I'm thankful that we got it. I think you're right. I think it is a more of a business decision than a football decision. But uh, you know, I'm glad that I. Well, you have to that. have
2: something. You know, mm-hmm. is that and and the, the idea that someone was going to trade you, whatever Christian McCaffrey was quote-unquote worth, I think is, you know, I think teams are a little hesitant to do that to a certain degree, Um, especially when they – it's on good teams that a running back is probably devalued a little. On bad teams, a great running – see, that's the thing is, I don't know if all good running backs could have done in Carolina what Christian did last year and the year before. He did that behind poor offensive lines. He made a lot out of nothing. Poor yeah, poor quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Now, the question then comes to the value of a receiving uh, running back. And I don't know how I feel about I – th- I feel like it's easy. The easy route, Cody, is to say, well, look, is that you can look around the league – and see teams that have done it without great running backs. But you can also look around the league and see teams that have had success without great quarterbacks. But I'd rather have a great player than a not great player. But how do you think about when people try to make the comparison between Christian McCaffrey and past-catching running backs? I don't know if – I feel like he adds something more than a lot of players I've seen in the past – to me, he's like a Marshall Falk player, and I never just looked at Marshall Falk as a running back. Yeah, good.
4: Well,
3: I mean, listen, I, uh, I already said I think he's the best running back in the NFL. Uh, I, I, I firmly believe that there is not another running back I would take ahead of him, um, you know, not Derrick Henry, none of them. So it's not an indictment on the player. But if you look at the success of the Patriots, for example, and I'm not saying that everyone needs to be the Patriots or try and replicate the Patriot way, but they've always separated their emotions from what is business. And uh, up until this point in time, in this modern-day NFL, there haven't been a lot of teams that have had success after paying a running back a ton of money. Look at Ezekiel Elliott. Look at Todd Gurley. Look at Devontae Freeman. You know, uh, the Vikings forever were built around Adrian Peterson. You're, you're, you're not building around a position where there are so many good ones coming in and out. Now, with that said, yeah, I believe uh, McCaffrey is today's version of Marshall Falk. But the fact of the matter is we're paying him $16 million a year now. So, I mean, hey, I'm happy for him. You know, for I mean, he, he deserves every dollar uh, he earned it. But I don't know. I, I just don't know if this is a good long term move for us. I, I just, well, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant.
4: Let me, let me ask you: Would you pay? Um, would you pay eight million dollars a year for a receiver that could get you 105 receptions, a uh, thousand yards, and let's just say eight touchdowns? That's pretty, that's a decent, that's decent numbers.
2: Yeah, man. That's what Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson gives you 50 catches, eight touchdowns, 800 yards, and he's going to get that. The difference
0: in, in, I want to do the same thing. I want, I want to think like that too, Greg, I do. But then I sit mm -hmm. here and think that, you know, that the benefit of having a guy that can do that on Mm -hmm. in the slot and a guy like Christian McCaffrey in the backfield is, is, is so uh, so important, and I think it does so much to a defense that when you have one guy who is everything like that, I think it does kind of pigeonhole you to that one situation. So, um, I like a lot of people, like with Le'Veon Bell's situation, he wanted to be paid as a running back and the number two wide receiver. Well, you can't technically play both spots. So being able to be paid like you're playing both spots doesn't mean you're still playing the running back position. You're just there as a checkdown option. And so I think that I agree. I want to think that way. I do. But then I sit there and I I kind of take a step back and I'm like, you know, well, the reality is he can only do one of those things at one time. He can't run the ball and catch the ball at the same time,
4: you know, in the same play. Yeah. But but but, no, but nobody can. I mean, you know, you're know, you going to pay a receiver for catching the ball and a running back for running the ball, but if you can pay a guy to do both, that can put up the production of mm-hmm. a, you know, a good wide receiver, pro bowl caliber wide receiver, and a running back that could be possibly the best in the NFL. I mean, look, my thing is, we're comparing him to Marshall Falk. Yeah. That's a damn good comparison right there. If you're compared to Marshall Falk, man, you've got a pretty good projection coming your way, and the way his numbers are going right now, he will be the greatest Panther to ever play in this franchise. He puts up five more years like he has his first few. I mean, <clears throat> catching backs age well because they can switch to that position. He has it in his genes to have great hands. What's he dropped? Like five passes in his whole career? Something like that? Not many. I know it's, it's, it's more, not more than a handful, I don't think. I, I have to look yeah. it up. But um, but I mean, the thing is, we're comparing them to like players like Ezekiel got paid big and you know, all these players we're talking about. Those guys are not Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. They don't do what Christian McCaffrey does. I will take... 300 less rushing yards and 700 more receiving yards any day of the week. I don't care. Any day of the week, man. He's a dual threat back. I guarantee you defenses are more scared of playing Christian McCaffrey than they are uh, Ezekiel Elliott. They may be more scared to tackle Ezekiel Elliott. I I get that. But as far as playing goes, there's nobody I would fear more than Christian McCaffrey.
3: So, uh, again, to kind of – take on the Greg role today and, and be the devil's advocate. If you look at those at five-plus yards downfield, McCaffrey has 441 receiving yards over the last two seasons. That's 134th in the league in the NFL. So and, and unless uh, Joe Brady has an intention oh, to whoa, use
4: huh.
3: Christian – be- I got,
4: I got to double check that. Say that again.
3: I think that you and I were, uh, were, were tagged in this on Twitter. Uh, this is from Bill Barnwell. If you look at those five-plus yards down the field, he has 441 receiving yards over the last two seasons. That ranks on, uh, 134th in the NFL.
4: See, but that's a stat with a modifier in it. Who cares if it's five yards or further down the field? If I get, if I get, no, no, no. But there's 40, a point forty yards a
3: But there is a point to that, though. Meaning that as a receiver, unless Joe Brady intends to use him down the field far more often, far more often than we are, then he's not. He's still primarily a running back, far more than he is a receiver. And his, uh, and his value as a receiver is kind of overstated. Now, that's not saying that he isn't an incredible receiver, and that's why I wouldn't be surprised if we see some new stuff this year from Joe Brady on some more mm-hmm. downfield kind of stuff. That's a very real possibility. But as of right now, you you're just paid the best running back in the NFL. You didn't mm-hmm. also pay a receiver, even though he is an incredible receiving running back. All right, so I,
2: I want to address that point. I think it's a good point, but I do think there are some even some flaws in that analysis. Here is um, – I've got it up on the screen for the viewers on YouTube. I'll read it to you guys. This is a tweet from – or like one of those notes tweets because it's too long to be a tweet from Josh Parcell from WFNZ, and he said the idea of McCaffrey is such a rare pass-catching running back that he's essentially a running back and a receiver – Seems appealing, but when you compare his pass-catching production to actual receivers, it falls apart. There have been 107 instances of a wideout catching at least 100 passes in a year. Only two of those at 107 average less than 10 yards per reception. None average fewer than McCaffrey's career-high 8.7 mark from last season. The same is true of the five tight ends who have caught at least 100 passes in a season, each whom averaged at least nine yards per catch so again that's a statistic that kind of mirrors what you're saying Cody is that um right. is that even though he's catching balls he's doing it as a running back now the thing is that we have said over and over on this podcast that does separate Christian McCaffrey from other receivers is that you can I mean other running backs is you can see him actually being a wide receiver like right. I mean, I look at him when i when I watch him play, and when I see him do whatever he does, he looks just as good to me as any other player on the field at any other position better, right, so we could say to christian McCaffrey, what if we were like we could say we want you to be a wide receiver, and I bet you he could do it
1: well, right 100%. is that we and could i think we
2: could say this we're not going to use you at running back at all. And how about this? What if we said this? What Which receiver would he be on our team if we said he was no longer a running back and he's now a wide receiver? Would you say that Robbie Anderson's better than him? Would you say that DJ Moore's better than him? I might say that Christian McCaffrey is instantly the best receiver on the team.
4: Very possible. I've seen him make some amazing down-the-field catches. And, you know, the thing is, the stats we were saying is now, that would be different had he lined up as a wide receiver and i, I get this and point that's what make, cody I mean, is
2: saying is that you would have to yeah, use it, him that way uh yeah, to, for him to up. be that way the we,
0: the hard part about it is to be able to uh to to point out the reason that i say that it's unfair to say that he's the best receiver is that a lot of our receivers are down the field threats right we haven't had a quarterback that can get the, the ball to the down the field threats on the right on the it's, field. Hard,
3: it's hard to blame the receivers like when, when you, you don't, when you don't have a quarterback, what's your option? You go to your running back and you throw him check down passes. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that. Been, and by the way, listen, I don't give a damn if people think I am hating. Like I don't give a shit. Christian McCaffrey is my favorite running back in the NFL. I am able to separate my emotions from this. I am going to be excited to see a homeboy play next year. But yeah. well, the point remains true that as of right now, you paid a, you have, but the trend that every other NFL team is avidly trying to shy away from. And you paid a a running back $16 million a year. None of it it didn't work for Le'Veon Bell. It didn't work for um, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, there are so many running backs that that they paid all the money in the world, and it, it didn't pan out soon thereafter. Now, I'm hoping that's not us, but I'm just looking at what has happened before and now we're hoping that we're going to have an entirely different scenario, situation? Like, well, let's hope so, but that's not what all the data tells us.
4: Yeah. But isn't that the same thing with us trading all our players away for all these draft picks and building all draft capital? What team's been successful doing that in the last 10 years?
3: Well, but we're not you know, really doing that right it, now, though. We're not, well, I
4: mean, with this trade, we're not we're really doing that, but up until this point, and this doesn't even change the fact that we might still be doing that. You know, we, we could still be doing that, but... Now we have one solid piece on offense to build around. I mean, it's not like signing Christian McCaffrey is an automatic six, seven wins for us. You know? I mean he's great, but it's not it's not gonna bump our win total up by you know that that many wins. So
3: nineteen eighty one says Panthers always pay their running backs Cody needs to get a clue. All right, how many times has that ever panned out? Oh wait. Okay, when they were paying D'Angelo uh dip. I well, at least we didn't
2: that pay two of them. It was bad. Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. We gave them both contracts.
3: Yeah. Like, that, don't, tell that is just re- don't tell me I'm stupid. I mean, this well, that never was stupid. Not
2: you. That was stupid to pay two right. running backs. Yeah. This is the thing is you probably need to look at is what is 16%, $16 million of $185 million and what is the allocation of percentage-wise? Of their overall less team cap. Temp. Now, less than ten. What? So, I mean, what would if this was? I don't, I'm trying to think of what would that number that would make us happier.
4: I mean, I'm happy with the number. I mean, I don't mind them being the highest paid because I, like I said, like I, I agree with Cody. I think he's the best in the NFL, and it's the way it's going to go. I don't think players should get paid nearly as much as they do. Yeah. But it's going to happen, and if it's going to be my guy, that's cool because I think he deserves it. So it, I'm okay with that number. I really
2: am. Is there any, do you have any feeling, Cody, that Christian McCaffrey is different than the norm? That's the one thing that I've been kind of like, because I I get you. I get you the the idea of this is like, let's not just pay people, you know, I mean, like, let's be smart about things. Let's look at how we're framing the team, how we're building the future. No Um, rose-colored glasses here. Right. I I get that. But is there in a time? And it kind of felt like, for me, it's what Christian McCaffrey has showed me in the past two years on a team where everybody knew he was the only thing that was of note on the whole damn team is he still got his every time. And it seems like – it's just like when Cam was at the peak of his game. It was like if you just looked at it from his passing stats – It didn't capture it. And it's kind of, what I'm just trying to get to is this, is I don't know, does it matter sometimes the position when you just have an it guy? Maybe it's not the position all the time, but just having an it guy. Maybe it's not just having a DN that puts up 10 sacks but having a it dm one that devastates a game a why you know a, a, is a linebacker is a luke keekly linebacker different than just a good linebacker and i mean i well, know it, there oh, is a it, difference but is it not their position but the it factor
3: well yeah, yeah. Uh, and i you know i would say he has much more potential to be that than even luke uh, i mean uh, from the you know if you look at the running back and, and what they do and their scoring points, like the, the potential of, of Christian McCaffrey, as Greg said earlier, to be an all-time Panther player, I mean, that's very likely, you know? And I would, as I already said, to me, this is as much about putting butts in seats as it is about football. After the right. offseason that you've had, you can't not have the most popular player on your football team come back when you've lost Cam Newton, mm-hmm. you've lost Greg Olson, you've lost Luke Kickley. I mean, in my mind, this is a, a, a huge, every bit as important as what he did on the football field. Because if David Tepper is all about analytics and data and this and that, well, there's no way that they didn't look at the data and come to the same conclusion that I'm coming to right now that you don't pay a running back all that money. So that t- tells me they want to have Players, come see McCaffrey play football. And I'm not mad at that, but we need to be honest, and that's also what this is about.
2: There's one other thing, though. Could it be that we have underestimated what they believe the offense can be quicker sooner than later? Yeah, um, You know, is that for me, I'm sitting here wondering, you know, we kept looking at uh, so much of this as a throwaway. Oh well, we're not bringing back K Oh, we're not, we're not doing this. You know, the team we lost so much on defense, but with Joe Brady, you know, maybe Matt Rule and Joe Brady are in there thinking that, man, we're going to put a top ten offense on the field next year.
0: Yeah. Well, here's here's the other piece to this that I I think that it, it, it's fair to bring up. We were talking about yeah. it before the podcast. Um, is that the, the the details of the of the contract are not quite out yet, but there are reports saying that this is indeed an extension, meaning that we have him not for four more years, but for six total years, right? And if you think Which about Which there it,
2: could be... We we were debating before the show, is it six or is it five? Does the fifth-year option get included into that extension? My in, in feeling the, is that it's a four-year extension on top of the one year left on his mm-hmm. contract, five. But it could be six. So say... 2025 to be concert 2024 to be conservative a 2024 and
0: even if you take that math and you start to think about he's owed 2.8 million dollars this year so let's add that to that 64 million dollar extension um let's see that's and then divide that by the five Five. years yeah 13 million dollars 13.3 million dollars so in the grand scheme of things it may not be as bad as we want to think it is. That's right, not a right. horrible number when you think about the numbers that these other running
2: backs are actually uh you know garnering. Uh so I think that that's something that we and should we don't, definitely yeah, not to get that. I agree. We don't have an we don't have a team like he makes he is the lifeblood I think of that offense with any of the pieces that we have there right yeah. now. Um, without cam Newton, you know we always said with cam newton you could put cam newton and 10 other dudes out there and they'd have a fighting chance you can't say that about a team now you can't say that about you cannot uh just neglect the offense christian mccaffrey though i wonder he has been one thing about him to, to his credit he's been remarkably durable throughout his time at Carolina. He has not suffered a lot of nicks and bruises. He plays hard, too. He does not shy away from contact, and he has been healthy, knock on wood. The good news is he's also relatively young. So if you could get this and it work out, it might not be the worst uh, overall. Shout out to Brandon Herbert in the chat room. Uh, also, Anthony Rochelle, Tyler Duncan, Ben S., Pigskin Pete, thanks for supporting the show. Dakota Tumbleston in the house. Uh, the number's 252 228 5098. Let's go back and talk quickly before we go into the. Actually, let's just jump into the cat calls. I think I got it working finally. Uh, and let's see what people are reacting to the news of Christian McCaffrey signing the big deal.
0: So, what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty. You shouldn't do that to somebody.
2: And how did that make you feel?
1: Uh, very uncomfortable.
0: So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel?
1: It a feels good like... This
0: Tanner up in Elkin. Just calling because I finally heard some good news from this Panthers off season got McCaffrey uh not sure how I feel about the quantity but I'm just pumped that we locked him in I bought a Kelvin Benjamin jersey after he had a good season and then we all know how that went so I've got this stupid jersey rotting away in my closet last year I got a McCaffrey jersey
2: just real happy that I'm gonna hopefully want to wear that jersey for the
3: rest of time anyhow thanks
2: Thanks for your call, man. Uh, CK, I know that you. That's probably the best news about all of this is that your jersey, all of a sudden, has more lasting value than it did it, had there been a lockout or potential a trade of Christian McCaffrey away.
0: Yeah, so that that's the obviously a positive to take from it is I bought that one hundred, you know, NFL one hundred years jersey and uh, got a you know official with uh, McCaffrey and everything and when we have that Hall of Honor, uh, you know, a uh, little pin on it. So, yeah, it's definitely good news for me um, to be able to say that we have that. I just need to get him to sign it at this point in time.
2: All right, here's the next call.
5: Hi, guys. Rich in the U.K. I'm not in London. What's it's up, Rich? Quarantined at home, and it's been a few weeks. Um, oh, where do we start? Okay, McCaffrey's just got his uh, his $16 million, which is wide receiver money. Um, yep. there's not really going to be anyone left on the Panthers that makes them the Panthers. That's my thoughts. Um, if the rumours about Curtis being available are true, then that's just insanity. I haven't phoned him for a few weeks. But things like, they don't want any men on the team. That was my tweet earlier today. They don't want Eric Reed. There's nothing wrong with Eric Reed's play. They don't want that type of person they don't want cam they think don't we're all on board with that any kind of personality it's it's a sign of to me it's a sign of weakness i'm really not sold on that rule um i know some people like the way he spoke but i find uh, it, uh, the trouble Say is they lied through their back teeth to us that that's the biggest problem i have with them um it's just been You know, just turn around and go, we're going to strip it down and get this guy's thing in. And they might have hinted that that's what they were doing, but they lied. All this stuff about Cam, uh, it's just ridiculous. You know, oh, we'll definitely do this, we'll definitely do that. I mean, I've no idea where they're going in the draft anymore either. Um, It's all just very disappointing. I mean, I'm really looking forward to wherever Cam goes, to be honest. But, I mean, I, I'd hate to say I'm giving up on the team because, all right, I'm not in the Carolinas but it leans a lot to me. But I'm so disappointed with the way they've behaved. It's not even it's... that it's a business. They could have turned around and said, you know, this is how it is. Uh, we, we, mm-hmm. we, we really are restarting. But the level Amen. of, you know, we're going to let the old guys go, we're going to let the vets go, oh, I'm just not, not happy with it at all. I don't... I don't I mean, I, I don't know what Herney's doing there, I don't know, you know, he looks, apparently he's really excited about Herbert and Brown, I mean, those are the last two, oh <laughs> God, you can hear it, I'm just pissed off, pissed off with them, it's so frustrating, I so wanted to be part of it, but, but who's there, Greg's not there, Luke's not there, you know, it, it's just no one. No one that makes the Panthers or has made the Panthers the Panthers. I mean, it's basically DJ bought Brian Bones and Christian McCaffrey, and I mean, I love McCaffrey, but you know, he's not worth 16 mil. You know, it's insanity. They're making. You know, Tepper said analytics, analytics, and it's like, well, you've clearly not checked and up on of here. Wonderful, mm-hmm. fun player, but he should be. You know, he was perfect two years ago when we thought we could rebound. You know, we, we've made the playoffs. We have this exciting weapon.
2: We drafted him and Kirsten. Oh. Let's see if he's got oh, a back yeah. end to the call. This is Tanner nope. up in Elkin. All right. So, responses to... So, what we have is a frustrated Rich Kingston out there. Um, and I think that that clouds some of our, you know, perceptions of the Christian McCaffrey deal. In some ways, it makes us yearn for it you know it's like oh we have something to hold on to something familiar something nice and shiny amidst all this rubbish uh and then the other hand is you've had this off season be a roller coaster of emotion for panther fans shedding the old in with the new but right now you can tell we're starting to be very cautious in our exuberance for the matt Rule staff and it comes back to me, some of the issues, not just with personnel decisions, but, you know, how do we feel about the honesty of the direction of the team? And CK, you were reading something to us today. Who was it was telling us, who was reading the passage about Marty Herney in the draft? I was. And oh, Yeah, yeah okay. I think
3: it would be a, a good time to bring, but before I bring it up, I kind of want to mention, like, uh, let me even uh, find it in the chat, Ben S., Said, we need to start looking forward. We had several weeks of complaining. Move on. And this is kind of what I'm arguing a little bit is that Pan- the, the news around Panther Nation has been so fucking drab, dude. It's been like, there's been nothing fun really to talk about. It's what player are we moving on from? And then they're pissed off, or who are we letting go? And then Matt Rule is not telling the truth, and all these different things. It's like, I understand the people that want, you know, they're like, let me have this moment. I love Christian McCaffrey, but signed him to another contract. Yes, I love it. I'm, I'm happy about something. and I understand that, man, you have to, especially in times like this, you have to have some good news, and I'm not trying to shit on that. I'm just also not trying to uh, you know look at this with rose-colored glasses and and not mention all of the relevant things that that need to be said about signing a running back to the highest paid running back money in the nfl um but there too, was like, no
2: way for christian mccaffrey to remain on the carolina panthers without this happening
4: thank you, you. yeah that, that, sure. was, that was what i wanted to say about it is look man you gotta pay your players sometime sometimes right? like somebody's got he's paid. not in the bat somebody and the best is not team. behind him right and, and if we didn't pay him guess what after next year somebody else is going to pay him and if you don't yeah. pay him now Next year you're going to pay. A me- Next year it's going to be seventy three million dollars. You know, like it's it's going to be insane. It's, it's insane what they get paid, but it's the way the game is played. You know, I do I mean, like
2: it's, it's it for way- that fact. Is locking up sooner than later, mm-hmm. always something He's I advocated to. Is that mm-hmm. is that I always advocated. This goes back to the brilliance of when we extended Cam. Is that it? Is that yes? The people like to come out. The naysayers like the boo the boo birds like to come out when they see the full number of the contract, right? And they're like, "Oh, Cam's not worth a hundred million dollars." But then when you start looking to the way it's broken down and some different things, and you look at what mm-hmm. what Christian McCaffrey would have cost if we waited two years to do this, they, I guess the what was the other option, or not the other option. There's only really a couple of options. Is That is, do what the Panthers did, sign him, Mm -hmm. uh, keep him this year, and then extend him in his fifth-year option. And then that probably is going to force or could force some sort of Le'Veon Bell moment that ruins everybody. It ruins the Panthers with the players. It ruins Christian McCaffrey's career by dogging him out. Um, Or you could have released him after. And could you
3: have... Could he have held out this year, Cody? So that was the rumor. That's what – and I don't believe all – like, I don't know, people keep on talking about hearing that we're trading Christian – or Curtis Samuel or or that Cam wanted more money. There's a lot of rumors. One of those rumors was that Christian McCaffrey wasn't going to hold out if he didn't get paid, which, uh, you know, that's what a lot of people kind of thought anyway. I don't know if there was ever any – like substantiating that claim, I, mean, I never heard it from uh, a great source. But I mean, I imagine that after he saw what Ezekiel Elliott did, and even Le'Veon Bell, and Ben, and you have to know your leverage too. McCaffrey also knew, you know, they lost Cam, Greg, all these incredible players. Like if he were to hold out, they would have had no, no, uh, no choice, but. Yeah, but I, I think the organization kind of got out in front of that and wanted to make it a point to get out in front of that.
4: I mean, he's definitely going to be the face. So, I mean, there's no point in not making the face of your franchise the highest-paid guy in your – I mean – and, and granted, if, if we were to sign a quarterback in a couple of years, he's not going to be. But, I mean, you t- go back and look at Cam Newton. You were talking about them justifying him getting signed for $100 million, And you're right. When they made that big number out there, it sounded crazy. But by the time his contract was in its last year – Dude, they were paying – uh, yeah,
2: they, they the next year cheap. they yeah. got
4: B- – Brock Osweiler was making more money than him.
2: Kirk Cousins making right. more. Yeah, you're right. So this is right. – it is – I would say the good thing about this is the Panthers, you either shit or get off the pot. Right. right. And, that's, yeah. and and so they did make that decision. And really I think is that without Christian McCaffrey this year, this team would have been unbearable. You know, that's the one thing. Mhm. Let's go on. What was the other component about Rich's call we want to talk about? Because after that, I want to ask you oh, this yeah, question. Marty uh, did th- The question we're going to move on to after we talk about Marty Herney is did the Christian McCaffrey contract change the Carolina Panthers draft at all? Right. All right. Um, so, or mm-hmm. or solidify anything or solidify that we're not doing something, but – Marty Herney, I saw someone tweet this out, is that Marty Herney's been with the Carolina Panthers since he was eight. He said, I am now 30. <laughs> uh, what What was this crazy story that you heard about what Matt Rule said about Marty Herney?
3: So apparently this is uh, Chris McClain retweeted this. This is on WFNZAM. Uh, Matt Rule, I guess in an interview that he did with them, said that um, – uh, on who makes the final decision in the draft. Marty makes those decisions. One of the reasons I came here is I would be able to work hard and work hand in hand with him. I do my part to provide my feedback to him, but at the end of the day, Marty makes those calls. And if that's okay, now we're going to talk about if you believe it or not, which is fine. But if let's just say that it is true. Dude, that shit terrifies me, man. Dude, in my mind, Marty Herney is the last hangout of, or the last holdout of a regime that we have moved on from. Uh, you know, the, the, I mean, his great, indef- we've all talked about this. His we've all indef- said you drought. should
2: fire Marty Herney after Thursday of the draft. It's like Friday morning, you are relieved of draft, your yeah. duty, we sir.
3: should have done it after the Thursday of last year's draft. Man, I, I'm just, I'm not, uh, I'm sorry. I have no faith in the man. If you, and, and yeah. I agree with what Richard Kingston's saying. If you look at the people that we've interviewed, um, and obviously they're not going to, you know, let every name out there that they've interviewed, but, um, and, you know, if you look at moving up for Greg Little, drafting Will Greer, um, you know, if you want to say this is a Ron Rivera thing, but uh, Christian Miller never saw a ton of playing time. Uh, Jordan Scarlett has been. Because I told you guys, not
2: you guys cannot get high on any defensive end. And and I'm excuse me, I'm about to sneeze. That isn't. There's only like a five of them that come into the league and are great right away. You know, there's only they're so rare. A defensive end is a three year like work in progress. Mm -hmm. So Christian Miller shouldn't have seen any time last year.
3: Mm-hmm. If, I mean, maybe Marquise
2: Haynes should be, be seeing time. It's starting to get in there now. It's a three year thing. Chris, uh, who was it? Charles Johnson. He came into the league and he had Julius Peppers on the other side. It took
4: him, it was his third year. He broke out. Yeah. Well, Hey man, I need to start working on uh, being a better farmer, man, because I've been planting all these seeds the last few weeks and now they're starting to sprout. You hear everybody calling in talking about calling Matt rule and, 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 uh, and, uh, Tepper, a liar. I've been saying that for weeks, man, and people have been calling me salty and all kinds of other different names, and now we got a bunch of people <laughs> climbing that hill with me. I'm telling you, man, it, it, it's just weird. And and it, the fact that he even says that Marty Herney is the guy that makes the calls goes back on something he said a few weeks ago about Joe Brady being there. Joe Brady's here because I'm here. I'm the one who makes the decisions on offense and what we do. That he said that uh, Tepper gave him that, that – that, uh, right. That was one of his things. Tepper gave him that ability. So, I mean.
2: So, when do we want to anyway. call bull? <laughs> we know we're
4: calling bullshit.
2: First of all, what, did, what level of truth do you think there's truth to this, Cody? Because I say bullshit. Is I say when they say they work hand in hand is that he, Marty Herney is doing the work of Matt Rule out there right now. Like, why do we got Robbie Anderson? Why do we got Teddy Bridgewater? Why do we got this white? Why, what all of a sudden but, okay. Marty Herney fell in love with Temple and Baylor players? Walker. Yeah, exactly. and there's no <laughs> doubt. Exactly.
3: There's no, there is no doubt that Matt Rule. His fingerprints are
2: all over this
3: of Marty mm-hmm. Herney. But the answer me this and then, okay, so then really tell me that. What is Marty Herney doing? That some other fucking guy couldn't do the same thing. Like, why does David Tepper? Why is Marty Herney still here? That's an open-ended question. Someone scapegoat. please tell me because he's obviously yeah, still and he's still. He's going to be a gone. Part of this organization for a reason.
2: He's going yep, to be gone after. The question he, is: This is when? Mm-hmm. Is it before training camp? Is it after training camp? Is it after the draft? Does anybody on this panel believe that Marty Herney will be a major part of this organization after 2020? My answer is no. I would be surprised if he makes it to Christmas.
3: I'm not surprised. I think David Tepper fucking loves him or else he would have been gone.
4: Well, David Tepper thinks he's pretty good. Remember, he did say that. He's, oh, he's yeah. pretty good. He so. is pretty good. He's <laughs> yeah, a, he's an exactly. all-world evaluator of talent, and he's a No, no not pretty, pretty good. It good. was not bad. Not bad GM. Not bad. That's what he's not a bad GM is what he said. But, no, I, I think he's I think he's gone after 2020, but I think he's gone based on what we do next year. It depends. If they're wanting to tank next year and we don't, he's gone. If we're wanting to be a productive team next year, which I don't see how that's happening, and if we don't, he's gone. He's going to be the scapegoat for whatever happens. If there's success, it's going to be Matt Rule and David Tepper that had the success. Marty Herndon was the reason we weren't before. If there's going to be failure, well, it's because we had Marty Herndon around. Now we've got to move on to the new regime. He is the scapegoat, man. There's no – I don't see how people can't see that. That's exactly there is
2: – so I know you've been planting these seeds and nourishing mm-hmm. them and, and watering there's them weekly on the podcast. So as somebody who was so, uh, <laughs> I thought this Matt rule thing. I just love. I, I'm always like people who speak well. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I fell in love with Obama, and half of it was because of that. It's that this emotional component to it? You know, it is. It's kind of like mm-hmm. um, what they teach you in literature as the the, the eighth the pathos, right? Mm-hmm. So. I was so pumped about the Matt Rule thing, but the one fear I had when it came to college, and I've said this, you know, consistently, is that the real question of how Matt Rule acclimates to the NFL is how he acclimates to the NFL, not to football, not yeah, to football. It's like the yeah. game of football is and coaching and and organ mm-hmm. that is easy, or not easy, but that mm-hmm. is something that he has experience with. It's the NFL it. yep. world that is different, that is different with dealing. It's, it's, and this has been a challenge, it seems like, for co- people who were very successful in the college world that came to the NFL and had challenges, i.e. you could look to um, Nick Saban, i.e. you could look to the Philadelphia, who was the Chip Kelly? And the the idea is that we can do this and it will translate and it's going to work. One of the things in the call that Rich said is that they don't like any men on this team. Do you think there are any – this is my fear. My secret fear is that as we acquired all of the Baylor people, as we acquired all the Temple people, and I agree with you, Cody, from the weeks that nepotism is throughout, so I've been trying to say Robbie Anderson is good no matter where he played at. So I'm trying not let that, yeah. but it's like a little wisp of smoke. You know what I'm saying? Every time you get like one Temple or Baylor player, like oh, familiarity, wisp of smoke, and then you see the jettisoning of these people who we the to me the Eric Reed one doesn't make sense. Like I don't understand the Eric Reed move. On a football side, when your personnel is weak there, it's been weak, you already paid them, you know what I'm saying, is that unless you just think you're going to cycle in some bum back there, is is this another wisp of smoke to a fire that Matt Rule is trying to create like a college environment because i tell you one dude who is anti-college environment is eric reed eric reed is always super vocal about how the machine of college football is you know basically um NCAA. yeah it's like taken away from the players yeah, the yeah he looks at the lsu locker room and he was talking about the upgrades that he, he was like this is better than nfl locker rooms and you ain't paying them they that. are
3: right just saying that they are so
2: it's these things that are the fear I have in my back of my mind that is this where Rule is going to struggle with is the creating the pro football culture? Mm.
4: I think so. I mean, I mean I, I, there's no way. I mean, I, there's no way of knowing that. But based on what Cody, you were saying earlier, analytics and history of what's going on, it doesn't look like that's the case.
2: The Rudy the story, fine. the Rudy type yeah. story works with players who are undrafted free agents, who are journeymen, but superstar people who have always been the best, who have been successful from the moment they walked in the league, and who get paid a shit ton of money. I don't know if you're going to be able to rah-rah them to success all the time. And that is right. my kind of fear here. Is that, and maybe, is the Christian McCaffrey signing an endorsement of, you know, hey, Christian McCaffrey is one of those guys that you're going to put in any place. Like, he's going to go with the flow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my fear. I mean, I don't think it's real. I don't think we have enough evidence. But that's the secret fear of right. the Matt Rule. If he's going to fail, it's not because he doesn't understand football.
3: Yeah, right. and, I uh, you know, I, I kind of think that, Again, even after all we've talked about, I don't think there is enough evidence to be 100% a believer in Matt Rule. And I also don't believe there's enough evidence to 100% be a hater because I don't think you can judge a man uh, when he hasn't even coached a season in the No, enough.
2: we don't know anything about him right. yet.
3: So, yeah, that's my, that's my point. And, that's why I'm I not excited
2: about Joe Brady either, though. I know you guys are so excited about him, about him. I'm just like, yeah. hey, I hope it works, but I we yeah, got to right. see.
1: No, I'm more crap. excited about
0: Joe Brady because he knows more about the Saints offense than anybody we've ever had in our in our uh, in our franchise. So, um,
2: yeah, I think true. I think Including that he's going to our defensive coordinators. No. Exactly.
0: And, <laughs> exactly.
3: And that's why, like, I've never come down on Greg that much for not believing in, in Matt Rule because it's like, you know, based on some of the things that have happened, yeah, I understand why there are people that aren't ready to jump on board yet when you've said one thing about Cam Newton, then done another thing, and you've bounced around in all these different directions. And we didn't even talk about uh, the, the the Matt Rule interview, where Matt Rule was basically saying that Teddy Bridgewater was uh, just a, a, a better fit for, okay,
2: for I want to talk know. about this. This is the moment I soured on rule. Yeah, mm-hmm. that
3: was it. And the, I don't blame anyone for hearing that interview and being like, all right, dude, you're the coach, man. Like, That's not the decision I would have made.
2: The uh, problem has- I have with his comments, and I saw them, I did not get to hear them in context. So I'm trying not to go over crazy. and Like I need to hear how they were presented because I was reading the reporters tweeting out the quotes, right? And the quote that really bothered me was that – I don't even know if it was an actual statement, but there was this sense of certainty that Teddy Bridgewater was the right direction, like a good direction, and I just don't understand how you could be so certain about that
3: yeah.
2: as well as uncertain about Cam Newton. I just it's it's just like, hey, we looked at all the options and we felt like this was best for the team. And I was yeah. I, I was like, why? Why do you feel that Teddy Bridgewater is best for the team? Is it got to do with money? He did say that it felt natural because of his relationship with Joe Brady.
3: Before we go any further, uh, shout out to the homeboy, my cousin, Chef Jeff, for the 420 uh, donation <laughs> in the chat. Comes in
2: with st- high style,
3: <laughs> high style. Oh,
4: shit. Random number this time of year. That's guess, high huh?
3: class. When the pimp's in the crib, I'll drop it like it's hot, drop it like <laughs> That's what Chef Jeff just did to our chat room, he dropped it like it's hot.
2: So wh- what did you think about that? Is what is the certainty? Is is it because Teddy Bridgewater's safe? Hmm. Do you, mind you know
3: go 1st Y'all know how I feel. Y'all heard my Is that. is
2: Teddy Bridgewater safer in their
4: eyes than Cam Newton? Listen, you never go with the option that's safe. You go with the option that you love more. That's just the way it is. You know, because you're gonna end up happier with the option you love more than the safe option. Now, if you don't love anybody, then that's a little different. I mean, maybe Matt Rule didn't love Cam Newton, even though he said obviously he, is, he, he did. i to play with him. God, I think, I mean, I think he you he did, But I
0: think you, I think you run into the same situation. I think you go with the one you love. You're right. And I think Joe Brady mm-hmm. loves Teddy Bridgewater more than he loves Cam Newton because he knows what he's getting.
2: God, that's you
0: know. So, you're Joe, so you are saying Joe Brady's that, running I... that much of the show? What'd you say? I didn't catch it,
4: Greg. I'm saying you think Joe Brady's running the show that like has that much say? He's running what's the going offense. On that he I think he has a oh, okay. big. I think he has a okay. big
0: piece to the offense moving because, um, you know, obviously Rule is going to have a big portion of it. But I think when you talk about an offense and what type of quarterback you want in the backfield, um, who are you going to ask? You're going to ask your offensive coordinator, who's going to be drawing up the plays, who's going to be creating the playbook, who's going to be putting you in a position to be able to have those players uh, contribute. And if he likes what Teddy Bridgewater gives him more than what he perceives Cam Newton to be able to give him. That's probably why you run into that, but you know, I I think you're I think you're right. I think you have to pick who you love more than who is you know uh, less of a option. you know who's the safe option. And honestly, mm-hmm. they may have felt that Cam was the safe option.
2: Wow, brother brother like Herbert says cam. cam can't stay healthy. That's why Ben S in the chat room says Teddy is a smokescreen to make it look like we're not tanking. And I saw a draft where Tua tag of Tua to a T to a T dropped uh to the jaguars the panthers passed on him oh my goodness there is there is no, no way, way. We, unless there's some crazy
0: situation where joe brady co- i had this conversation with a buddy today Unless there is a situation where um, Joe Burrow falls to us in some way, shape, or form, some miraculous. Yeah. we are not taking a quarterback in this draft in this. First lies, is, lies,
2: man! If two is there, I
3: we're think taking if two is him.
4: There, you got to take him. No, I don't him. think so. Okay, take him.
3: So let's put the tinfoil hats on. There was a report that uh, there were two football teams picking in the top ten that had looked at um, the medicals and his throwing session slash. Pro Day thing that he did, and they failed him. They gave him a failing Which grade. Which is bullshit. Of I Rams.
2: watched that video. Did you fail him?
3: But it wasn't just no. it was more the medicals. Okay. It wasn't just that, that that video, it was the medicals. Um, And, I mean, we don't know that the Panthers weren't one of them. I mean, the fact of the matter is we just don't know. And a lot of like two people out of online... Teams. Uh, a lot of people online... A lot of people online did kind of think that maybe it was the Panthers. I don't know. Um, I, I do agree with CK, though. I think that even if Tua does fall, um, I, I don't think that um that, that we're taking a quarterback this year. Unless they're in love with Justin Herbert, which I'm not saying that's what I think will happen, but I'm not surprised if it does. Any team um, that
2: takes Justin Herbert over Tua is making a grave mistake.
0: You realize he's been
2: hurt every season that he was in college.
3: Yeah, and my – yep. Every
0: season. It
3: wasn't just one or two. Two is going to be the one season.
2: player that was injury-prone in college that is not injury-prone yep. in the pros, yeah, Cody. The you... one
3: player the one player that ever happened to. Didn't we have, to have a long
2: conversation college. about that last week? Yeah. Is that... yeah. Um, I, yeah all right. Did. Did, did you watch – I watched the highlights to his – video though and my oh, mug okay, oh yeah my mug looked d nice oh yeah. Yeah. highlights! dude that's his footwork oh, is so dude. tight and I, awesome I'm not,
0: I'm not saying he's gonna he doesn't have the capability of being mm. good but i'm telling you like once again i want to or also what they released right that's what they you're, want you're you right. to see they're not showing – same right. thing with Cam's videos, right? How many of those balls did he overthrow? How many did he underthrow? How many times was – they're not putting that on those videos because guess what? That hurts their stock if people see their any weakness in their game. But it was like so the I'm NFL that, that.
4: that put out that tweet. It wasn't his people. Right. And Tua Tungvalu could, yeah, well, could have put up better – Well, Tua could have put up better stats than Joe Brady did last year. You got to remember, this guy played – didn't play a lot of the second half of football. For most of his career, because he was beating the crap out of everybody so bad, they sat in the last half of the, if, the game. If you, you know?
0: watch if you watch Joe Brady, you know, and I know Cody would tell you more about this. If you watch uh, or Joe Burrow, um, you you would know that there is not a chance in in the world that Tua would have touched the numbers that Joe Brady or Joe Burrow had last year.
3: Yeah, I mean, so listen, my my doubt is is not about the the talent of the player. I mean, in my mind, I do compare him to Drew Brees. I think he's a little bit too mobile for his own good. I think he thinks that he's tougher than his body has proven to be able to hold up to. But, yeah, the, the talent is not in question. You're going to have to have a good offensive line in front of him. I mean, that's why, and I was even talking to my brother about this. Dude, if I'm the Saints, I'm trading picks to go up to get to uh, and let him sit behind Drew Brees and that good offensive line. But um, I hope that that doesn't happen. Um, <laughs>
2: I want but, us to pick yeah. him. I want us but, to pick him at seven. Dude.
3: Yeah, I mean, so yeah. Listen, he's, incredible, he's incredibly talented, but again, just like we're not going to, I'm not going to look at the McCaffrey thing with rose-colored glasses as someone who is trying to be a, uh, the best possible scout that I can for doing this for a, a website. Um, you You cannot look at the amount of injuries that Tua has had in college and then say that that doesn't matter. Could you have said it, the
2: same uh, about Jadavia and Clowney, though?
3: Yeah, I, wa- I wasn't. And I don't uh, think
4: that's a great a great comparison. because was, say, it's not, Clowney has been dealing with injuries throughout his career in the NFL. Well, it's not even injuries. He's never been, like, number one at his position or, like, an elite player like people thought he was going to be out of college. He's been, He's been good, very like, good. good. The Very last good. couple of years, yeah, he's never been, been
3: ten plus sacks a year. Yeah, but, exactly.
2: And that's and you
0: think you he's should still getting better a, though.
2: I think like I think he's at the peak of what he's been the last three he's years. Still a free agent, isn't he? he Doesn't yeah, have a lot of it's, nobody nobody no money. Sure.
0: It's because he wants the nobody's able to actually evaluate his health. Nobody's able to actually give him a physical. I think that has a lot to do with the Browns are heavily interested, but they can't actually give him the physical to be able to actually give it. You know, go in and actually give him the offer that he wants. I think he's asking for too much money with what's going on in the world. But nonetheless, I just I I agree with the 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 comparison with Clowney because Clowney was injury prone and he continued to be injury prone to where he missed his entire rookie season. He's missed multiple games, you know, throughout the every season he's been in for the most part. I mean, he has not been this. You know, if you're going to use him for the comparison for Tua, then I think you run into the exact same situation. And you've got to remember. Cody, would you say that Alabama's offensive line is good?
3: It's a factory of NFL offensive linemen. Yeah. Like that's it, yeah. It's
0: good, right? And yeah, he it's, still it's, has it's, been it's, injured every year.
3: Well, okay, well, so and, let's and ta- talk
0: about
2: those out. injuries super quickly though. Yeah. Is that they are one what they were both the type of high ankle sprain, right? High ankle. Was With, it high ankle or low?
3: Uh, I think it was a high ankle. I
2: think it was high uh, and it was they were both one okay. of those that either takes a long time to get over naturally or you can have surgically fixed which he did those things really didn't ha- he was actually able to play faster and come back from yeah. those it was the hip that's the kind of fluky one. Right. but
3: during it's his just... uh, ankles uh, man everybody
2: that's like saying a basketball on, player twists his ankle during, Every...
3: during his freshman season uh, he injured his wrist on his non-throwing hand uh in uh in training camp like before the season started and it didn't heal until uh uh way later on in the season and apparently he had re-injured that throwing wrist at some point down the road I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's not yeah, non-throwing, but still, you're you're talking about a player who is whose bones have kind of not proven to be able to take a pounding. Um,
0: and, and his his response, in my opinion, his his quote responding to people criticizing his his inability, it did not bode well for me. I, it didn't give me confidence. What in did his he say? To, he basically said, "I play a physical sport. Like it's really what he' gonna boil down to."
3: that's and and on top of that a lot of his injuries and he might be able to have a say so in fixing this is when he tries to be russell wilson he tries to extend the play and sometimes it works and it's incredible i mean the dude is talented there there is no doubt about that but when it doesn't go right sometimes you know he ends up paying the price shout out to I susan that,
2: deans the den mama in the house here checking out to yeah. see what the chat room's doing thank you for your support she gave the show 14.99 uh thank you all of you for um, tuning in there's 43 people watching the show right now smash the thumbs up was, button
3: she said who was picking on me don't worry susan it's just ken dyes burner account <laughs> it'll be okay
2: um hey, go ahead and I wanna, smash the thumbs up button subscribe to the show and remember the phone number is
4: 252-228-5098 go ahead greg well i just want to point out because we're all doing this so i'm not pointing anybody out is like we got to stop well now we got to stop because that's the point of the argument is we always do the argument of well history shows us this and history shows us that but we only bring that up if it doesn't affect our argument I mean, history can show us all kinds of things. Like, you can look at a history-prone prone, uh, quarterback in the college. That doesn't guarantee he's going to be like that in the pros. Just like you can look at a pro coach coming out of college, co- or excuse me, a college, yeah, college coach coming out of college going to the pros and not being successful. It normally doesn't work out. A team tanking, it normally doesn't work out. But just because of the statistics or the analytics say it normally doesn't work out, doesn't mean you sometimes shouldn't take the chance. Let me ask. what yeah. you feel and what you want.
2: When it you know? comes to Tua, if Tua was there in the second round, would you take him? Yes. Oh, of course. It'd so hard, why man. wouldn't you take it's him hard. at seven? Why wouldn't I'm I take not. him at seven? You know what I'm saying? Is that if much. you would take I, I, him at, I, I, in the I'm
3: second. second that, to, uh, okay, but that it's that injury. Because if you're going to draft in the top ten, you want to have almost – uh, a 99% certainty that you're going to draft a hall of fame. I mean, that's what you want. You want to draft a, a surefire starter hall of fame. You know, you're going to be able to bank the rest of your future on a player like this. And with the injury concerns, that's what moves him out of that range because you don't know that and people forget that uh, these teams are making an investment on these players of millions and millions of dollars. Are you going to sink millions of dollars into a player that might not even be able to finish his first contract? I mean, that's a that's a legitimate point, you know?
2: Would you be would you be upset if we drafted Tua over Herbert? What about this is would you, is here is really is it worth the risk though? That's for me is that sometimes it is worth the risk. And Tua, you know, he's kind of got that it factor. His he was moving on that field, dude. His feet were working just damn fine in that video. I would would you if you drafted if they drafted Herbert over to or, Tua or vice versa, would you be upset? Which one would you be upset with?
0: I don't know if I'd be upset with anything. I'm just saying that I don't think that the Panthers are in in the running to draft any quarterback. I think that it's a situation where they're happy with what they have, and if they tank, they tank. If they don't, then great. Let's continue to move forward and hope that that success continues. But uh, I I personally, you know, I, I agree. I think Tua has a lot of the tools that you need. Herbert, in my opinion, is is the better route. You know, you have a, a just much-
3: practicing my. Oh shit! <laughs> Go to sleep.
0: Oh <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I I personally would take take Herbert over it just because of the the risk factor, you know that you oh have. My like gosh. you said, it's it's if you're drafting the t- let's let's put it into perspective, and I'm not I'm not going to use this as an injury prone, but I'm going to also use this as uh, an example. How how much better would the Cardinals be had they not drafted Rosen in? built a team around uh Kyler Murray instead of letting Josh Rosen go after one season that ruined them. I mean like he was drafted high. That was
2: that Josh Rosen was drafted tenth.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. And that sets you back. If you think about who who was drafted after him.
2: All right, but Josh Rosen's problem wasn't injuries though. I just didn't I know work. what I'm right. The Lamar Mar- Jackson good. was drafted after Exactly. Him. Say- but
0: what my point is is if it does not work, if it does, if Tua comes out and he gets hurt immediately, you have to start considering the next year. Okay, that was not a good idea, right? And then all of a yeah. sudden you're set back because the guy you thought was your franchise. But you future, don't have to.
2: Yeah, I would. I just you, like you, the idea is you don't have to play Tua this year, um, and that would give him plenty of right. time to be to get fully, fully healthy. you would who hope. would
0: draft him
4: and not play him at this year? Do you think we could? Mm no it's possible well i also think that you're only screwed if you trade up for that pick yeah and, and it doesn't work out like i mean because think about it like the, the cardinals drafted rosen he was garbage they got rid of him they ended up getting kyler murray i think that that worked out pretty well for him to have a, t- a top 10 pick be above but think about well who
0: they them. passed up on for that 10 spot who who did they
4: do you think they, that person
0: they passed up on was better than kyler murray I'm saying there are probably about twenty five other players in that draft. That they could have gotten Minka Fitzpatrick.
2: They could have gotten Vita Vea, who has been injured. Or they have Kyler pre- Murray tonight. Deron Payne, they one of those players. Marcus you know? Davenport. I did. How about this? Is that would you feel more comfortable picking them at seventeen?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd be. I'd. I feel like I feel like the later half of the first round. I'm okay with. The the first in the first. Then 10, I think we problem. should
2: pick him at seven. If that if that's how you feel, do you think he'll slip? Do you think he'll slip?
0: If here's what the only scenario I could see us taking to a is if we trade back, and the people that I would say we trade back with would most likely be the Browns. I think the Browns need a linebacker, and if Isaiah Simmons is on the table, we trade back to ten plus whatever else they have in the draft, Um and then they get Isaiah Simmons, we get to at ten. I'm cool with that. You know, I'm not happy that it's a top ten pick, but you know, that I could see a situation we could be in.
3: If we drafted Justin Tua or I said Justin Tua, if we drafted Tua or Justin Herbert, I I probably would put on the rose colored glasses a little bit. Yeah, I would be like well, but I would I I think that both of them are good. And mm-hmm. it's very popular to shit on Justin Herbert. I think when you put Justin Herbert in a system that actually benefits him and his strengths, I think the dude's going to be dynamite. Um, yeah. But uh, so um, if we drafted either of them, I'm not upset, um, but I, I would still, you know, I would choose to be optimistic about Tula and be like, all right, well, we did it. I love the player. I love the personality. I love um, what he's able to do on the field as a as a healthy football player. Um, let's just hope he doesn't get hurt. You know that'll be my mindset. But no, I'm not upset with the uh, with either of those two, to be honest. But, okay,
0: your my question then goes to this: knowing how we feel about you know players like Isaiah Simmons and and Akuda, if if both of those guys are on the board along with Tua, which we know that's not going to happen, all three of those guys are not going to be in the board at seven. But let's say that is, that, right. we trade back. To 10 to let the Browns come up and pick Isaiah Simmons, and then we get Tua. Are you happy with the decision to go with I- Tua instead
4: of Isaiah Simmons? So, uh, well, the only thing about that is if you trade back to 10, there's no guarantee you're going to get Tua. I would be comfortable with that if, there were, if, if they were going to do something like that. I'd rather have Simmons than Tua, personally. Just and rather have Simmons than Tua. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to trade back for that, it's got to be a situation where it's not a trading back. It's we are guarantee you we're go we'll draft this player. If you mm-hmm. guarantee you draft that player and we trade type deal, right? Because there's no guarantee they'll be there. Well, I guess he's no got
2: bill? the Inferno. Russell Wilson gene in him. I know that that he's not your player comp, right, Cody. But when I say the Russell Wilson gene, Russell Wilson for a long time in that in those early parts of his career would just throw up a prayer and it would be answered by Jesus every time. Yeah.
3: He He has that Jesus juice. Yeah, he Mm
2: -hmm. would run around out there. He would duck. He would do all the things that Cam does on his own. And then then he would, like, just chunk it down there and win the game. That's Mm who has got that in him. And Mm -hmm. when they brought him in, what was it? Was it the year they played Georgia in the – did they play Georgia
3: in the national championship? What was yeah, the year they brought is,
2: Tua in at yeah. like, the third quarter, and all of a sudden... So,
3: they played Jalen, they played Hurts, Jalen Hurts all Hurt. year, yeah. and then in the national championship game against Georgia, Hurts was missing those downfield. They put it in Tua. And he was and he dynamite. He was out. amazing. And, then, and he wins it in overtime on a beautiful rail shot pass. That's why downfield.
4: I want Tua. Mm-hmm. Big, big game potential
2: then, that is the
3: unquantifiable then you wouldn't want to trade down for him if he's yeah. so uh, yes that's why i want to take down him down.
2: right at seven if he's there i my my thought is he just won't be there at seven i
4: don't think he will either i think miami's yeah. taking him
3: i'm yeah. not mad at tony for uh for wanting to i mean listen if, if he does pan out the the guy does i mean he is an incredible player yeah. And he is right about the Jesus stuff. Him and Russell Wilson talk about mm-hmm. Jesus a lot, and good for them. Um, and uh, But, yeah, he is right, though. That he does have that ability to kind of throw up a crazy ball. I mean, dude, he knows where his receivers are going to be, and that's mm-hmm. why you would draft him because, dude, he is methodical. And that's, the crazy
2: thing is, he's the opposite. He is—he's really strong at the things that people were are critical of Cam about,
3: which were bullshit. But then, you know, well, no, is that always, here? Is everyone that, always says that right? Cam Newton's nuts
2: too much. I, right, I'm a look. I'm gay for Cam, but if there were weakness, <laughs> there are weaknesses. <laughs> there are weaknesses in Cam's game, or the weaker parts of his games. I don't want you to say like it's just—you could just say they aren't his strengths. The two things that weren't Cam's strengths were footwork in the pocket. That is, he's so long. He was so long Mm -hmm. that he would take a step. So a five-step drop was hard. It wasn't that it was hard. Like, he didn't know what to do. But I would say that Cam didn't always climb the pocket the best, right? Mm -hmm. Is that because you let those DNs go past you. Then you step up, and if that center, you know, sometimes the 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 D defensive lineman, the D tackles were on his lap. That's different. But I would say, I'm Cam, yeah, yeah, but I would say if there was something, you always wish Cam's footwork was better. Throwing off yeah. his back foot. When it was clean, when he was not rushed, when he wasn't under duress, he was great, right? And that was and because, up. all right, and then the other thing about Cam, though, Is Cam didn't really throw receivers open that much, right?
3: That I disagree with. Cam,
2: no. What I mean is this: is Cam is not a he doesn't lead the guy as much. Mm -hmm. He he doesn't throw to where they're gonna be. Cam, you had to see it a little bit more. And what I mean by that is he had to see the guy get open. Than just anticipating. I'm not saying he didn't do it, but that that was. If you're going to look at him in comparison to other great quarterbacks, those are the things that were that he could work on and improve. I feel like those are two his strengths.
3: There are definitely some strengths of Tua, but the reason why I said it, it's not that I disagree with that assessment on Cam. I just think that you have to play that kind of football when you're throwing to Devin Funches and Kelvin Benjamin they're not getting so a bunch down. of separation anyway yeah. right? so you're having to put it right on a NAS nice ass right in front of them but
0: they're not running routes crisply you know they're right you've, yeah. you've got a let's 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 look at the history of the panthers receivers have we ever had a wide receiver run a, a route better than christian mccaffrey
3: uh steve smith and then in that initial in the cam's rookie season, Steve Smith had 1400 he did receivers. yeah
2: but I've watched I watched cam and he throws to the spot you're at rather than the spot you're gonna be a little bit more mm-hmm. the yeah. now I did want to bring this up is in lieu of your argument in favor of your argument that he didn't have the people to do it I happen to be watching when I was on the sports bar on Fridays I'm on pirate radio 1250 you can download the pirate radio app and check me out Susan listens on pirate radio. Clip, the guy who runs the show, it's a daily show, sports show. He's been a friend of mine all my life. He's in my kindergarten class, but he's a Redskins fan. And so we always – he had the 2016 Panthers Redskins. It was a Monday night football game. We were on the road in Washington. We actually won the game. You could tell Cam Newton's shoulder was already hurt. So it wasn't just the Tampa Bay game that killed Cam. Unless that was after the Tampa Bay game. He was wincing and he went down. He was wincing. That shoulder was bothering him. But I tell you one thing is Kelvin Benjamin was a big waste. You you cannot overblow how terrible he was. Like yeah. if you just told me that he was the worst motherfucker in the world and this and that, and then you went and watched it, you would be like, oh, he's exaggerating. No. He was a fucking abysmal dude. He
4: was barely playing. He ended up that way. He started out as a good receiver. Like I said, he, look, look at the stats. He had a better rookie year than Julio Jones did. And then he was,
3: I mean, put Okay.
4: Either way. And I mean, he was young still, and he was excited about in the
2: league and he was sick of people talking about how shitty
4: he was. Those are, the, those are all, all, uh, Caveats to the argument; it doesn't, still doesn't change the fact that he had a great rookie season. And then after his injury, he came back, and I think he had a thousand-yard season after his injury. No, his he?
0: no, he didn't come back. He he heard his he uh, tore his ACL his
4: uh, sophomore year. His sophomore yeah, year. I'm saying after after that injury, he came back and had a thousand-yard season. I thought, didn't he? Uh, was no, 2016
3: was not. A great year. Really. Yeah. I'm okay. Not, yeah okay. I, okay. I'm not wrong about that. He Hold he on. I'm gonna look it up because year. I he think had, he came he back
4: and he years.
2: added a couple of. He had a couple of decent games and he had, had 941
4: yards in yeah, 2016. So yards. Which, by the way, is not number one wide receiver stats. I'll give you that, but it's not garbage. Listen stats to either. this, though. You want
2: to know yeah. why he had numbers? We tar- they targeted him 145 times his rookie year. He
5: had a hundred and
2: eighteen targets. Year. Yeah, but let's look at what DJ Moore had last year. Dude, wh- like wh- even his is, uh... incredible
0: season, he only had a thousand yards. Like he was a thousand and eight
2: yards. Well, how how about this? DJ, DJ Moore had hundred and thirty-five targets last year. That uh, is a know, lot. Mean,
4: And how many yards
2: did, yards did he have last year? So I mean he had eleven seventy five. So I mean, you're right, is they did target the shit out of uh, that might not be as abnormal as I thought so, it was. I don't so, think it is yeah uh
3: but if uh what you were talking about tony uh things that tua does well that cam is perceived to have uh kind of not done so well and one of them that i think is legitimate that i don't think Tua does is when cam newton does have a number one wide receiver i do think he's tend to hone in on them yeah whether that was steve smith whether that McCaffrey. was yeah, Christian McCaffrey, whether that was <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin, and, and I, I do think that that was a legitimate criticism of Cam or Greg Olson, yeah, Greg Olson. Uh, you know, uh, and uh, Tua definitely doesn't do that, he is a distributor of the football, and that's why I think 2015 was such a blessing because Cam Newton had to be a distributor, and look what happened. Yeah, we, yeah. I think, think Cam was it, getting
2: uh, better at all of those things.
0: I do too. Um, I do too. When you yeah. look at when you look at how his 2016
2: was going, um, or 2017, or 2017. Uh, yeah. Oh 2017. yeah. Well, we were yeah we were playoff bound in 2017, right? Eleven and five. Yeah. 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 Twenty eighteen well, was. Twenty eighteen
0: is when we took the step and backwards when he above. got his arm hurt. But I mean. Even when you look at that, that was one of the things that they were praising him about was he was spreading the ball around so well. It wasn't just Chris. Yeah, it would Cash, be it was,
2: every week. It was like 10 receivers had catches on yeah. the Panther. 10 different people. And caught his the accuracy
0: ball. was off the charts. I mean, mm-hmm. he was he wasn't lighting up the scoreboard. But I mean, he was getting the ball to the people that needed to be. Able, he was getting first downs and he was letting these players actually do the work. Um I still, we weren't seeing the deep ball by that. I mean, still at that point in time, there was a lot of quick passes and everything. But um, I think that once again, we run into that situation where, you know, we 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 didn't have a, a clear number one wide receiver on the team. And so we were forced to distribute it. And that's what he was doing.
2: I do. I mean, we heard though that there are some real, real there's some real things about what i was saying with cam and how far back he went remember when ron rivera gave us the stupid thing is like matt khalil is not bad he's just trying to figure out how the chemistry with cam because cam drops back further you know i mean those are some things it was i mean those are real things it's just that matt khalil just happened to be terrible it wasn't that that was the problem with matt khalil at the moment um but you know, also Cam could do other things that other guys couldn't. So I'm not saying he was bad at right. them, but I think that when you at least when I just watched what Tua did in that that video, is his his feet worked so they're just magical, man. It was just move. It was very sharp, and his feet were perfect every time. And that was very Russell Wilsonish to me.
3: Absolutely. And listen, I'm not mad at you for lacking Tua, and like I even said, if we drafted Tua, I would I would certainly put on the rose colored glasses for a little while and say if we're gonna bet the uh, future on someone, you know, I'm I'm gonna do my best to hope that he stays healthy. I'm hoping that he would buck the trend and and actually be able to maintain health. But if that happened, dude, we have to build that wall yeah. like we never did for Cam. We have to build an offensive line and just make to uh, be a distributing weapon that moves the ball downfield and can do that kind of thing. Very much how the Saints have built their offense around Drew Brees. And I do feel like with Matt Rule and Joe Brady, it would be very easy for them to build that kind of offense for Tua mm-hmm. for, for to and get behind. Now, do I trust Marty Hernan to build that offensive line? fuck no bro but but you know i'm i would be happy if you drafted him but you know uh, i'm just trying to you know be a, a good podcast host and present both sides and say that it is very real that most times uh, when a player has been hurt in college it is very 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 rare that that ever changes in the NFL I hope it does. I want it to work out for him. The NFL is so much better when you have star quarterbacks yes, playing at a yes. high level. I want him to be successful no matter where he goes. And he's just a humble dude. He's a good worker. I want him to work out. he have to be real.
2: Here's where I think it, I have a sneaky feeling that if he's there, the Panthers could get him, would get him. And I think well, it might there, actually there. is that if he doesn't, if somehow Miami gets gun shy, which I don't think they will, but if somehow, mm-hmm. I think it would be a great move for the team. Because here's the thing: it's it's, it's going to be hard for me to forget Cam, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And and it's going to be hard every time, uh, every time next season that we that lose that he that Bridgewater does something that's not perfect for me not to go man i miss cam man i miss cam i think that it takes a special name or not just a name but a special player to replace that kind of void i don't know if justin herbert is got what it takes for me personally you know, to me, just go, oh, but I think it would be a lot easier to look forward with Tua in a Panthers jersey and okay. me being like,
3: oh, shit, it's going to happen. You know, and, and that's Justin why. Herbert, Justin Herbert, I mean, granted, you know, there's an obvious difference between the two of them, but Justin Herbert is a lot more comparable to Cam Newton than, than Tua Tagovailoa. It's no, a personality. It.
2: It's not – it's yeah. like a – it's just a – yeah, it's just there. It's all of a sudden we would – I would have a two-a jersey the first day.
3: <laughs> you know, I don't know
2: if we go – if we draft – Uh, Sim- well, maybe I'll get that Simmons jersey if we get him because that's just freaky. Everybody's going to love that. But I I don't know. I don't know. I'm interested in it. It would make me feel good. We got one more cat call. Let's get to it before it gets too late.
5: Hey, everybody. I just
2: wanted. this is Anthony from, from California. What's up, Anthony? I just wanted to, uh, say, um, I'm glad Christian McCaffrey signed a good deal. And also, um, I'm excited for the draft coming up. Um, off, we need offensive line for sure. Um, but, you know, I'm just super
5: excited, you know. i also hoping. You know, uh, for a, a g- just a good draft pick,
0: you know, a couple good picks, you know, build a yeah. roster up. All right, God bless
3: you guys. Go Panthers.
2: Man, thank you. Let's turn our attention to the draft there is that now, I asked you this a long time ago, does Christian McCaffrey, how does it shape uh, the future of the Panthers, or at least in the near future in this draft as we solidified him as the running back? And, um, I mean, obviously, we're not drafted a running back.
3: I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but to me, it has almost no standing whatsoever. I mean, because we already talked about, you know, there was almost no way for the Panthers to go into next season Christian McCaffrey less after the type of offseason that we've had. Um, I, if you look at almost all the mock drafts, whether it be from draft tech uh brand new one tomorrow by the way be on the lookout interesting first and second round picks to be on the lookout shameless plug um but i mean if you look at any mock draft that's out there most every player that they have is taking as a defensive player it's either isaiah simmons Derek brown jeffrey okuda and on the rare occasion that you do uh see a mock draft with an offensive player it's either uh, a receiver Because of Joe Brady's system and what he did at LSU, which I would lose my mind if we drafted a receiver. If we got uh, Jerry
2: Judy, would you be upset at seven? In my
3: mind, if you use the top 10 pick, that would say that you're tanking because you know how bad the defense is. You've done most of your work in free agency on the offensive side of the football, and you're going to use a top 10 pick with incredible defensive players on a receiver,
2: I think it would dude, be right. Luther I, 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 I think it'd be ludicrous. I
3: would, I would be furious. Can
2: Jerry Judy yeah, be Bruce, Julio?
4: Could Jerry Judy Judy be Julio though?
3: Julio is three inches taller and twenty pounds heavier.
4: So then, no. Yeah, I don't. Julio is a tough comparison, man. That that guy's a physical monster. Because that's yeah, the they're only
3: they're, thing that to
4: but me. But he's the, injury prone.
2: The only thing that gets uh, me right. when it comes to drafting receiver in the top ten, I like, is that you get the five years. And you're his gonna...
3: route running, I will say, this is route running, and that is what I value most when um, uh, evaluating receivers. His route running is sick, absolutely nasty. We can't so take another
2: receiver. We took a receiver yeah. in the first what last no, year. No.
3: Again, it's not an indictment. Or was it on the two player.
2: years ago? When did we uh, get two, DJ? Two years, two, years ago, two years ago, DJ. Uh, DJ. Who we take DJ. first last year? Um, Brian, Brian Burns. Dutch. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So the forgotten it, it, man.
3: Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> our best special teamer. Um, yeah. yeah I'm, it's not an indictment on the player. And this is what I said with, when we were talking about McCaffrey earlier. I love McCaffrey. But you have to know how to play the draft. And to with the defense how it is, and to draft a receiver in the top ten, we're not in the position to be doing that right now. No, I think a, if we don't
2: take a defensive lineman, I, I I think it's just irresponsible to not take a defensive line a defensive player at, at yeah. this point. And yeah. um I know that in the past um our, our we would not have valued a corner as a top ten pick. So that to me kind of pushes a Gettleman would never use a top 10 pick Gettleman on a corner. No. Um, so I do think that that kind of lends more to us getting Simmons or more. But I don't think, I think there might be a real chance that Simmons is not there. Simmons, oh, he's not going
4: to be there. I you don't know, he's really there. Um, yeah.
2: I do it think an can- offensive player to take would be the quarterback. And boy, that would be a way to
3: generate some excitement in Carolina. 100%. Um, But when it comes to Simmons, what you were saying, though, it comes down to David Gettleman. And does he want to take another once-in-a-lifetime player, but this time on the defensive side of the football? Or do you want to protect the quarterback that you just drafted and the incredible running back that you have that you need to be able to uh, run the football with? So, you know, it's not set in stone because the Giants do have to build up A better offensive line, and by the time you hit round two, there's a big drop off after the big four in this year's draft, in my opinion. So after uh, Riffs, Wilkes, Thomas, and Becton, it's a it's a slippery slope from there. So um, you know, but then the Chargers might take him, and Detroit might Detroit
2: Detroit could take Isaiah Simmons, dude.
3: Yeah, Detroit, uh, the Chargers. Could take him and pair him with Derwin James. Good lord, um, yeah. There's a they have a we have some obstacles in front of us for Isaiah, but um, it's possible, you know.
4: If the Chargers took Isaiah Simmons, they would be so freaking nasty on defense next year. Yeah. what they yeah, it stupid. would be insane, it would man. Be stupid, Holy yeah. crap! I just thought about that. Wow. God. Yeah. Man.
3: Yeah, that's not that doesn't happen.
4: Yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. Tua. We're drafting
2: Tua. Everybody two years ago was saying tank for Tua. And now people so ain't even wanna you,
3: why, so why are you do you think he'll be there though?
2: Well yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I don't I don't know. Is that I just don't know what Miami's gonna do. And right now a lot of people are saying that people are just more interested in Justin Herbert.
3: And then all the things –
2: and then you hear all you guys kind of saying, oh, you shouldn't take an injury-prone person in the top ten. And that, you know, is that – I'm wondering if that is weighing on some people's minds. And I just wonder if – it just seems this. is all of a sudden Simmons is – I'm just looking at certain people climbing. And I haven't heard Tua climbing the draft board. I've heard Simmons climbing. Climbing the draft board. And then I wanted to ask you about this is I heard some stupid shit about the Panthers drafting CJ Henderson at seven. No, no. I heard no. one tweet that said forty percent of GMs in the NFL like Henderson better than Akuda. Mm, no
3: way. And ninety-nine percent of all one hundred percent of all numbers are bullshit or something like that. I don't even know what the quote is. Hey, yeah, you know- yeah, yeah, no. Dude, this is the smokescreen season. You have to remember that. There's not a lot of truth behind a lot of stuff that you hear. But um, I I do believe the smoke behind the fire, that the Dolphins might like Justin Herbert more than they do Tua. I've heard this over and over now from a bunch of different people. Again, who knows if it's true. But then does Tua make it past the Chargers? Because, I mean, are they going to start Tyrod Taylor? Maybe. Are they going to sign Cam Newton? Maybe. I don't know. We don't know. But uh, there's no guarantee that uh, Tua would even fall to us.
2: This is Bucky Brooks. Bucky Bucky Brooks' latest mock draft is Joe Burrow um, to the Bengals, Chase Young to the Redskins, Derek Brown to the Lions, Tristan – Tristan, but he loves Derek Brown. He's like that's he's just being consistent. Bucky Brooks is a bit, you know. Uh, Tristan riffs to the Giants. Justin Herbert to the Dolphins. Isaiah Simmons to the Chargers. Then he's got Okuda to the Panthers. You would yeah. not be upset with this, but Tua goes two picks
4: later to the Jaguars. Well, you know, the thing is, you never know what's going to happen in the draft. And, Cody, I think the quote you were looking for earlier was, 60% of the time, it's right. It works every time. And that's kind of the way you got to look at it with the draft. You know, yeah. 60% of the time, it works every time. Yeah. Um, I mean, think about it. Mitch Trubinsky was drafted number one a few number years two. ago.
3: Number two.
4: Was he number two? Okay. Number e- Even so. Yeah, yeah. Number two. Coming out of North Carolina.
3: And they traded up for him. And they
4: tra- and he only played like sixteen games in college too. Like it's insane yep. what teams will think. You never know what a team's going to do. Uh, and I don't think a team's going to make a bonehead move like that this year, like they did with Trubisky. But you never know what's going to happen, man. I want to. Uh, that's
2: what my. I'm, that's my new I, thing. I've been saying it. I want
4: dance puppets.
2: I'm dance. with you. You planted the seeds. <laughs> dance puppets.
3: <laughs> so tell me, you would say that right now if you had to. If you had your pick. Of any player at all on that board, you're you're picking Tua. You want no? I mean, any player on the board, I want
2: Chase Young. Okay, <laughs> that, well, hold on, hold fair. on. If, if
3: if you're a quarterback, dude, nothing's more important than a quarterback. If you're in love with Tua, then he's going to mean more to the team than uh, even Chase. Chase Young is incredible, but a quarterback's a quarterback. Well, you don't have
2: the any of the – you just – you have no concern. You know, first is a defensive end is right below a quarterback. You know I mean? They are the most disruptive. You put Chase Young with a Brian Burns. Oh, it's just sickness. And yeah. not, not what did I say last, last week on teams. this podcast that I forgot to publish, by the way, until Sunday? Because thank you, uh, Sarah Taylor, for letting us know that the podcast was not put. It had been sitting there in drafts the whole week. Um, Last week, I just went on and on about how I wanted my headline to be Chase Young slips. So, yeah, that's my guy. And, you know, I'm a little bit more, to be honest, is I would be more excited to get Chase Young or to get Tua
4: than I would to get Isaiah Simmons and and Cody I want to say and I gotta look this up but I, I'd be willing to bet that I'm right on this I'm willing to bet you there's more been more defensive ends in the top 10 over the last let's just say 15 years drafted that have won a Super Bowl than quarterbacks in the top ten that have won a Super Bowl ooh I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna look that that up. I'm, I can almost guarantee that's a you I'm hard right about stat that, to look up. Well, by the way, imagine I'm that no, you know, why that I say Google that? query the only, is going to only... be plus, plus, parentheses, plus, parentheses.
1: Well, do you <laughs> know why a... I
4: say that? I'm the only quarterback drafted in the top 10 in the last like 15 years, won a Super Bowl is Eli Manning. That's why I know I'm right about that. No other quarterback drafted in the top 10 has won a Super Bowl in the last what 15 years. So it is important. You're right. But I think the last time you had a great quarterback and a great defensive player with Cam Newton and Von Miller, who ended up in like who who ended up winning that battle? But it was not just. No, Vaughn, I, mean, I
3: mean, you're looking at it. It wasn't a,
4: just Von Miller. But would they have at, won that Super Bowl without at, Von Miller?
3: In a vacuum, though. So again, look at the last. Okay, look at the last few defensive ends that have been taken number one. So Miles Garrett is looking. I mean, not Miles Garrett. Uh, Jadavion Clowney looking for a team right now. Miles right. Garrett uh, going WWE on Mofo's and bashing him uh, with helmets and shit. Um, he was just
0: trying to put the helmet
2: back on him. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> being, being, being a gentleman. Very forcefully. I still have
2: no ill will against him for that moment. I'm like such in the minority. I still I hate
3: that. Oh,
4: no way, dude. Dude, my, my, that that was that was assault with a deadly weapon, man.
3: It doesn't. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, listen, if you believe that you have your quarterback of the future. Then there is no one more important than that player. No right. one. It, and right. uh, li- listen. I then mean, why does? Yeah. Then why will the red?
2: Why don't the Redskins pick a quarterback then?
3: Well, if they believe in, they just spent a first round
4: pick. They're gonna pick up. They the
2: don't man. believe in them though.
3: But how, m- maybe. No, they I don't. Mean, it's clear. Ron they said, really Ron, No, first of all, fair. hey, let me ask you this:
2: Is do you think Ron Rivera is excited about molding a young player? No.
1: <laughs> Two,
2: I heard this is I heard Ron Rivera, my friend that's a Redskins fan, told me this. You guys will love this shit. He said that if the pandemic shit and the close down were to continue to affect the teams to where they can't practice and they missed a significant amount of training camp that he would expect Kyle Allen to be ahead of Dwayne Haskins on when they started the season. How much do you want to bet? I bet you money that if they don't get a quarterback and I bet you money I that Kyle Allen there's if if they don't add Cam Newton or a quarterback in the draft, Kyle Allen's their starter day one. It's glorious. Ha
3: <laughs> ha I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs>
2: That'd be hilarious. That would be the ultimate uh, Ron Rivera move. Okay, so here, let me give it, because you may, you gave me a tough question. Is if I could have anybody, would Tua be it? And it's I, I'm i kind of like if I had Tua without you guys chirping in my ear about his injuries, I would be happy. What about this, though? Is that what if we took, um, if we had a Cuda, the opportunity to get a Cuda and Tua, and we picked Tua, would you be upset? No, I wouldn't. I don't Uh, think so. I think it gives you more potential upside. I do think Okuda could be one of those players that changes, that gives defensive coordinators so much latitude because they just don't have to worry about one side of the field. Those are rare, rare occurrences, though. But here, here's uh, Daniel Jeremiah's draft. He's got the Panthers drafting uh, Derek Brown at seven. If somehow we draft Derek Brown and two is there, I'm gonna be I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna be disappointed. No, I'll be, be
0: very I'll be very upset if we draft Derek Brown at seven, regardless of who's there.
3: Yeah. So can I? I, I kind of mentioned that uh, You brought up C.J. Henderson too. There are a few players that I don't mind if, if we draft them. I, I just I don't value them with a the top ten pick. C.J. Henderson is one of them. Now for me, Derek Brown is one of them. Uh, I compare him a lot wow. to Dexter Lawrence coming out last year from Clemson, my Clemson Tigers. I just I think if most of your value comes as being a space uh-huh. and just drawing double teams away, and you don't have that much pass rush production or potential, then I don't value you with a top ten pick. If if I'm drafting the defensive tackle with a top ten pick, I want you to be able to do a little bit of both. And at a fairly high level. You know who so, doesn't
2: like you? Who? Star Latulale. And here, that's when we draft you to. i uh, learn how to pronounce your last name. When we draft you, I'm I will interested. learn how to pronounce your last name. To uh, Star Latulale. Lodalale. I can't stand when sports announcers do that.
4: Lodalale. <laughs>
2: Um, learn how to say it, man. How about this? Is that He was a guy that was supposed to be a top three pick that dropped to us. I think we got him at 13. Maybe it was a little bit earlier. Maybe it was 10. It was
3: around that range. He did that, change
2: but- the team a lot, though. But here, again, Derek Brown or Tua, if we pick Derek Brown, you're like, uh, how about this? Let me give you another name. Jedrick Wills. If we pick him and Tua is still there, are you okay?
3: Yeah. Really? Yeah. Jedrick Wills is a badass. And it says to me that we're building an offensive line for either Bridgewater or a quarterback next year that isn't Teddy Bridgewater. So, yeah, I mean, that's a premium. Again, the irony, we build the wall that we've been talking about after we move on from Cam Newton, but uh, Jedrick Wills would be a huge piece to that puzzle, yeah. I gotta right.
2: say, I'm gonna be slightly disappointed if we draft yeah. a top ten tackle for the first time. Uh, well, we haven't been in the top ten since Cam's been here. That's another, except for Christian McCaffrey.
3: His, yeah, yeah McCaffrey. and
2: maybe in 2013, did and we get a DJ, top
4: DJ Moore? No, he was yeah.
2: six. Um, he he was we, 24. When did we draft Key? Sorry, That would have
3: been 2012. And then and he we was also, seventh, right? Yeah, right. Was yeah. in 2013. It, the, the picks of his number nine, either eight or nine. Yeah, I think it was nine.
2: Yeah, it okay. was. he was top 10. And let's see what we drafted in 2013. The Panthers were, we picked star at 14. So we haven't had a lot of top 10 picks. We haven't drafted an offensive lineman in round one. Ever, it's in the last since
4: since Cam was here, since Gross is the last one we've I, drafted. I was gonna say one. Jordan Gross. He may be the only offensive line we were drafted round one. And know. what's funny is that
0: only reason we got him was because of uh, the Vikings messing up. That was when the Vikings didn't get their pick in in time.
2: That's and right, it, That's and right. they
0: were suspected to take Jordan Gross. Had that not happened.
2: I don't know. I think I just want to be excited more than getting a defensive tackle. I want to be excited more than getting a um, offensive lineman. Even though I understand you want it, want something I, sexy. I do, yeah. and I think yeah. Simmons gives an air of that because he's such a freak show.
0: See, the problem with drafting Tua again is that it's not going to be exciting because we're not. If we draft Tua, it is not a situation where Tua is getting uh, reps this year. Unless Teddy Bridgewater just dish
4: garbage,
3: or he gets right. hurt, I don't. I don't trust. He's that. injury prone. Yeah, no, dude. That's another thing. I, I mean, Bridgewater I'm is. Very, you're saying. I'm not very. Yeah, I agree with Greg. I'm not very trusting that uh, that Bridgewater plays the whole season.
4: So, uh, with that question, would you rather have an injury prone Bridgewater or injury prone Tua? Uh, because I think
3: better passer, but. So yeah, I mean, so okay, just wonder. all right. So, how earlier.
2: close are we to the Good. draft? I do want to plug this. We are going to do our live
4: draft day. show.
2: Mm-hmm. It's next, next nine days. Shut up. Yeah, nine
0: yep.
4: days. Are you serious? Oh, it's early this year. No, it's always around this time. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. yeah, yeah but April, sometimes it's April. the yeah.
2: first week of May. It's like it's Is been, it? you know. It's a, uh, cr- look, Thanksgiving was way early this year. And uh, this feels, you know, I mean, just maybe four or five days, it feels earlier. But, wow, nine days. We've got to put together a draft show every year on um, Thursday when they do the first round. We get up here, get drunk, and watch the the NFL draft unfold. Do we still do the Tuesday night? Yes. And then today, okay. Tuesday, sure. it would be a regular I podcast. Thursday, now people can, We're gonna have a bunch of people cycling in. I need to start going ahead. Go ahead and start putting your feelers out there on Draft Tech. What we want to look at are some. You know, we don't want to jumble too many people. Uh, guess around the same pitch. So if we think of this year. We're gonna be the good news is we draft seven, so the show uh, I will be lucid when the Panthers draft. When we draft twenty <laughs> uh, seven, one yeah,
0: year uh, I think so. I
2: fell asleep last year. I fell asleep in the draft show by the
0: end. I know <laughs> it just that was so long last year it felt like, but it's gonna be even though we're drafting seven. You got to remember the the crap show we're in for with the way that they're gonna be drafting. It might end up being a lot longer than just you're right drafting you're right. at seven. So. so
2: we get up here, hang out and watch the picks live unfold. Cody will call them out because he usually has TV that's ahead of everybody else's. So we'll call out the draft we'll react to it. And we got some great, you know, it's been one of the great, uh, you know, cornerstones of this podcast and, uh, it is a live draft party. And I tell you, this is people thought I was an idiot, when I floated out there, the idea of doing a live draft party. How many things not everyone's th- doing it. Now, yeah. Now um the COVID thing got us on board. My kids did a virtual Easter egg hunt in their my in my grandparents' neighborhood. They had to walk around and take pictures of eggs in people's yard yards like and there could be not more than one family in a yard at a time. But, here, we've been doing this virtual thing for a long time. NFL, if you want um, to hire me as a consultant, I'll be more than happy to. And I promise you, Drunk Tony is just as interesting as sober Mike Kuyper. Mel Kuyper. Mel Kuyper. Whatever that dude's
3: (laughs) name Uh, is. uh, We're going to be lit, man. Uh, And uh, we want y'all to look for all the fans, all the listeners, everyone in the YouTube chat, we want y'all to look forward to the draft, too. Um, if you wanna, if you wanna come on and and spend some some time again, we don't know how many people we're, we're going to end up having, but we always use this as an opportunity for our fans to take a moment to jump in, say what's up, give everybody a shout out, come and chill with us. Um, we don't want to have too too many people on at once because then it just becomes too much. But uh, if you want to come on for a little while and shoot the shit, message me and Tony. Uh let us know. I mean, this is this is why we do the draft show, man. How about this? I'm not even on this show right now, if it wasn't for the draft show. Cause the first time I came on was when we drafted uh DJ Moore. Nice. And, and, yeah, the rest is history from there, man. So this is my anniversary too, bro. So yeah, dude. Look, we're pumped. I'm pumped. Draft night is such a fun time. We're gonna kick back some alcohol, man. Whatever your drink of choice may be, we're going to get loose, we're going to have fun, we're going to talk a bunch of shit, and it's going to be a gang of fun, man.
2: Love it, love it. Yeah, it's always a blast. Uh, Jay Cryer told me, as he was living in England, now he lives in some gorgeous island outside of Spain. Uh, It's crazy. I'm going to go there one day. I showed my wife a picture of it, she was like, all right, I'll go with you. But uh, he's going to stay. He always stays up late and tries to join the show he missed last year uh, because he's been growing up into an adult. But he said, I'm going to stay up this year, and we got an early enough pick for it to be reasonable. So we cycle in other analysts. We'll have the cat calls line open to hear your live reactions to not only the Panthers pick – but other things Mm -hmm. that are going on in the NFL draft. So be sure to be tuned in on Thursday night, nine days from now as the draft goes live. All right. I think we've pretty much hit about um, there's really no NFL news, like even across the NFL. I'm surprised there's not some last minute uh, free agent additions that people are talking about, but it's really, really quiet to uh, the Panthers ran a story This is how bad it is. The Panthers are up there celebrating Graham Gano on the website. This irks me more than anything. We got more fanfare for a guy who was put on injured reserve and almost cut over and over and over than any of our real players. Uh, Russell Okung also got trouble, not trouble, but had some trouble getting home from the Cayman Islands amidst the travel when I was in Italy. He ran into the same thing. The difference is he's rich and he's shacked up at a friend's house in Miami in a guest house for the last three weeks. My ass is back at work. Um, other than that, there is zero news in the NFL. The XFL did go kaput. I wanted to ask Greg this, but he was away when CK and I were talking about it. How much of the XFL is the XFL failing because of COVID? And how much is the XFL failing because COVID is really hurting the WWE? Uh cuz that's the well, cash I, cow, I, I right? What did I'm did saying question, is yeah. that's that's the Vince McMahon that's Vince McMahon's cash cow and I felt like he could pay anything that the XFL required as long as the WWE is making money. The XFL yes. didn't need to make money. But the, he was counting on the WWE just being its machine that it is, this massive mm-hmm. cash cow. And I think that monetary hit is really the weakness, the financial weakness
4: that precipitated the end of the XFL. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. I uh, I think that the reason why Vince McMahon would have been a success in the XFL is because he didn't need to make money for the first three years. So he could have taken chances. He could uh, well, maybe not even the first three years. He probably could have done it for five years and not made yeah. money and still been okay. Yeah. I mean, the wrestling industry is a, it, it, they make a lot of money. Like it's, it's, he has built a franchise with the WWE. Uh, I, I do think that it all has to do with COVID 19. I think that if COVID 19 didn't come around, man, we'd still be, we'd be probably in the XFL championships playoffs right now. Uh, and we'd be watching it. And we'd be watching it because it's football in March.
2: April. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. their ratings fell significantly after the first week. And things is that, but I think that the WWE is going to make <clears throat> so much money no matter what, you're going to be okay. Yeah. But the la- the as that revenue is hitting, and you're having to contract there, and I'm sure that there is a giant hit to that revenue. They
4: can't be having matches. Well, they are. They're just they're just doing it differently. I think without doing audiences it and yeah, yeah. Because they did WrestleMania like two weeks ago, and they even did it uh, like uh, the first time I've ever seen it over a two-night span. They had some matches on Saturday and some and, matches on Sunday. And
0: again, the the part of it that I think you see venues starting to imp- be impacted is you're not seeing ticket sales, right? They're, the you're You used to have packed out arenas with the WWE, and when they are just doing it for the advertisement aspect of things, I think people r- forget how much money these companies are making solely off of ticket sales yeah you know, and then work. hot dogs and beers and yeah, all of and it merchandise I think,
4: yeah i don't think the wwe survives off ticket sales though because i've gone to a ton of wwe events and yeah on, on tv it looks really crowded on the lower levels but yeah if you go to an actual wwe event they're usually not that crowded and i know for a fact that like if you're a military of any any type you can get into any wwe event for free except wrestlemania like, so I can go to anyone yeah. I want to for free but um, I, mean, so, I mean even even I don't, I don't so over that much
0: even so but, with that I mean it, it, with with the amount of people that are involved in it at that point like that are actually down at the bottom lower levels I mean you have the as we talked about the the vendors you have the merchandise you have right. all of those right. pieces that are a part of it um and like you said I mean you're gonna have a, a more of an excitement level when it comes to the bottom line of of people wanting to watch, so I think that that's impacting it as well. Right. Um,
4: well, I th- I think where they make their most money though is their advertising and their um, uh, their TV deal. WB is a lot of TV deals. They have a lot of TV shows. They really sure do. they make the, the most money there.
2: Shows. But it's kind of like a have- bask NBA basketball, <clears throat> right? NBA basketball makes a fortune off of the TV revenue. And the players make a fortune off of it. But there is a real reason that the teams are reluctant to slim down the season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't think it's only revenue. That is I do think there's a lot. It might not be your main revenue stream, but that's a lot. It's kind of like if you go to a concert. Sure, the ticket sales are the vast majority of what the band makes, but they are still hawking T-shirts and CDs like crazy. Where they used to be hawking yep. CDs. I don't know. Do they still sell CDs at concerts? Yeah. Well, no,
0: I don't know about concerts. I know uh comedians still do the whole CD thing. Really? No. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like there, there's a comedy club around me that every time they come around, it's always shirts and
2: CDs. Jerry Jr. in Jerry Jr. in the chat said Florida governor declared the WWE wrestling as an essential business today.
4: Wow. Interesting. Okay. I mean, it's it's a huge form of entertainment. And and the thing is, too, it's not like we were talking about those two things with the, the television deals and the, the advertising, everything they're involved in. They have their hands in so much different stuff, so many different charities. They're involved with the military. like They do so many things, and they have a lot of actors, a lot of uh, wrestlers that progress into being actors or act and wrestle at the same time now. Not all of them are that good. There are some that are pretty good. I thought not they were acting
2: are, not the not whole good. time. Oh, oh, here comes Brandon Herbert. They're athletes. They're athletes. They're playing sport. All right. um, (laughs) What are you guys watching on uh, TV these days? (laughs) I do Um, think this is important. I actually love when the podcasts I listen to or things I listen to talk about this because we get through our repertoire of things so much Mm -hmm. that these good suggestions coming out. What are you guys Um, watching right now? Ozarks. All right, Ozark yeah crushed through that. Um, I, and and season 4 Tiger wasn't King. even the best season.
3: If you're a uh, if you're a fan of stand-up comedy, I highly suggest uh Tom Segura. Oh,
1: uh, oh
3: yeah. Ball Tom Hawk. Segura anything. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I don't know, I don't know if y'all follow your mom's house podcast. It's a of It's it's a part of my fucking life. But Tom Thompson here is hilarious. Uh, Chris yeah. D'Elia has a brand new uh, stand-up special uh, that came out uh, today. Um, I love stand-up comedy anyway, so I'm all over Good. that shit. Um, but uh, have you ever watched uh, Kingdom? It's they, they promote the hell out of it on Netflix. It's a Korean show. It's like uh, way back in the you know 1300s or whatever uh and it's got a lot of political intrigue but also zombies in it what like, yeah it's a, it's a yeah dude it really throws you a curveball dude uh yeah i watched episode one last night and i'm i'm into it enough to want to follow it more so okay right a on. lot of violence a lot of uh messed up shit so
4: interesting uh, y'all y'all are right up my alley now with Talking podcast, <laughs> I'm talking about movies and TV shows and stuff. That's awesome. Hey, I started watching Tiger King this week, y'all. All right, um, how, how do you like it? I like it. I watched the first four episodes. Uh, it's not as great as everybody as you made anticipated that it. Yep. It's yeah, well, but it's still good. I think a lot good. of. It, I think the
0: the the reason that it was getting as much cloud as it was, is the shock value, and when Probably. you don't have that shock value. Of going into it like what is this and then all of a sudden like you know pretty much what it is when you go into it now um yeah. you don't before you watch you are you like you, people didn't when it first came out and was i guess getting a lot of uh a lot of people interested in it so it's, it's 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 not as good i agree um if you're already expecting it but i think the surprise factor is what got most
4: people it's like a sequel to a comedy like the first comedy can be great but you know what to expect in the second one, so you're looking for it, and it's just not as fun. All right, so yeah. the,
2: the thing with Tiger King is is that I saw it weeks, like a couple weeks before it went crazy. Yeah. And, you know, when you're not expecting it is when it's great. There's a movie you're I saw a long time ago called The Ring. Um, you've, yeah, it's, a, it's a horror movie where the girl climbs out of the TV. Yeah.
3: I didn't know the rent. that was like one of the most famous movies of the early two right. thousands. Okay, so you know
2: the phone rings and this and that. So I was um I was dating me and my my wife and I were dating at the time. We were young, like young, too young to be like staying together, shacking up together, right? But I went mm-hmm. on a vacation with her family, and we you know had to sleep in a different area of the house, that type of age mm-hmm. group, right? Some yeah. things like that. So, we wanted to get out of the house. We were kind of just stuck in Athens, Georgia, in a waiting in a holding pattern till we were going on to our next destination, and we just said, "Man, we were stuck in the house. We we're like, we gotta get the hell out of here. you know, we're trying to go around and you know ride and bake that whatever uh so we right we just picked whatever movie was playing in the next half hour. you know what I'm saying." And the we picked the ring, and so we showed up in mm-hmm. there with absolutely no idea of what it was about, and it was the most <laughs> fucking awesome experience. Like, I was petrified, man. It was so great. I don't know if people would have told me if it was the scariest movie ever, you know, this and that, I would have had the same feeling. All right, so I think the Tiger King, you know, once people tell you it's awesome— my recommendation is go is to if you want the kind of crazy factor is to go watch Don't Fuck With Cats. Yeah.
1: That shit is okay. the best. That is I agree. Best.
2: I really. I, that Luca Magnata, man is a, a is a fucking brilliant wacko. But <laughs> I have watched a couple of things that I think are very cool. On the serious side, in a very bizarre film, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. It's on Netflix. And it's got yeah. um, who is the hold on? I love her, Nicole Kidman in it. Colin Farrell, Nicole Kidman. It's an Irish film. It is dark and whack. It is a very dark, dark show and uh, or movie. And I watched. I'm not finished with it because I had to. I was propping my eyeballs open last night with toothpicks. Code Eight. And this is up your alley, Greg. Code Eight. I really liked it so far. I've got like thirty minutes left. I don't know what about
4: Code Eight. Tell me about it.
2: Code Eight is got a superhero vibe to it. It's like in this world where there are people with special powers. Right? They're just normal part of society, and somehow the they're ta- they're pulling some fluid out of their spine. That is like uh, they call it's like a drug that everybody wants to do. It's like you're doing the superhuman juice and even superhumans like to do the superhuman juice. And what's it called? It's called Code Eight. It's kind of like um, think of. hmm, I'm trying to think of uh, a movie I've seen where younger superheroes involved meet. I come in peace uh, old school movie you guys wouldn't know about i come in peace but i watched that and um i think um, i think those are the two things that i think are worth mentioning right now the killing of a sacred deer it's like a serious film and hardcore bro
3: so i i do want to want to mention two things uh one thing about tiger king um and then one thing well i'll say this one first Tiger King is not even the best documentary on Netflix. What is? Wild wild Country. Dude, if you ever do, it's about what happens if an Indian guru who's wanted by the law in India decides to come over to America, take over a ton of acres of land up in Oregon and try to build a utopia Dude, and it has murder mystery. It has, and dude. It is the craziest shit you've ever seen. Wild, wild country. If you have not seen it, you have to check it out. But okay. I did want to mention one more thing about Tiger King. Man, after I watched that, my fascination with big cats has gone through the roof, dude. I think okay. like across all, the board, it is of, not. Yeah, all it is not my,
0: accomplished what it's wanted to do.
3: All of my YouTube. Dude, I cannot tell you how many stats and facts I've learned about the differences between tigers and lions and leopards and jaguars. Uh, I don't know, know,
5: so
3: know how to tell the
2: difference. Now we're speaking stuff. my I'm, language. I'm, and what you I'm, learned is the tiger is king. It is and, superior. It's the and, superior dude, I'm, animal.
3: Dude, I'm subscribed to YouTube to the uh, uh, Doc Antle's daughter and son. And they post videos all the time of them, like, messing with their tigers and their chimps. Dude, um, um, my my fascination with Big Cats has gone through the roof. (laughs) They're so awesome, man. There's nothing. Don't Fuck With
2: Cats is the best documentary on Netflix to me. That one's so good. You guys, Luca Magnata. Uh. All right. I also wanted to bring this up is uh, just watched. um, I watched a podcast recently called The Cripple Connection.
3: Yes, you Uh, did. I did
2: too. And uh, um, I want to say that your partner in crime is remarkable. Not remarkably, like I was surprised, but he is so smart. I could tell. Like when he talks, yeah, I know that guy's brilliant. When he talks,
3: I I, I I know he's brilliant. I went to college with Jeffrey. And he is legitimately one of the smartest people I know. I can tell. Um, I, I, I love him to death. Uh, yeah, man, listen, no one plays more video games than us fucking cripples. So we decided to uh, start, start a podcast about it and talk about it. Uh, we're going to try and film and upload every Friday. It's on my YouTube channel. So uh, subscribe to me and uh, check it out. Eventually, I'm going to do some more. And eventually... Uh, that podcast will have a channel of its own. But for right now, yeah, subscribe to my YouTube channel every Friday. And it's not just for us damn handicaps, bro. It's for everybody. It's for everyone. Oh, I so love it. Mm-hmm.
0: You need, to, you need yeah. to get into streaming while you're doing that. Yeah,
3: right? for sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, yeah, we we're, we're just started it up. It's going to have a few evolutions to go through. But all the huge topics in the industry, we're going to be talking about uh, from a lot of different perspectives. We'll have a guest on there at some point in time too. So, yeah, man. If you're into video games and all the stuff um, around the industry, yeah, check us out. CK, did you check tell us what us you out. were watching?
0: Um, right now, I'm I'm in the middle of finishing the third season of Ozark. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, just I've, so
2: dope. I've already...
0: I've pretty much run through everything. I, 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 I don't know if I mentioned it on this podcast. Um, I know I've mentioned it, I think, streaming and maybe at work, but um I have been uh, for the past uh I guess about a week or so I've been just going through all the Marvel movies leading up to Endgame
4: Yeah and my man That's
0: that's that's 21 there are 20 possibly
4: 22 23 in total 23
0: yeah. That's insane um, yeah. movie and they're all pretty much 2 hours all long right. so you've got to and I did every one of them I finished Endgame I am done um I'm sick I, of them I, honestly, no i'm not but they're the greatest like it's the greatest build-up in 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 you know entertainment history to have a a, the the end result that way the (laughs) problem is and i think that what i've done is i've made myself not interested in watching any more marvel movies or another build-up i don't know if i can dedicate that type of energy to another build-up like i did for the the
2: end game i've been trying to do this with star wars
4: and yeah, I just yeah, get just, like, yeah. oh God so much <laughs> Well just so you know, they're not doing another build up. That's not the plan for the next one. So next one's supposed to be more independent movies.
2: Oh uh, Tony, you
4: don't like Star Wars?
2: No, right? I do, but trying to go through, I tried I'm trying to start with one, you know, and I'm so with, I,
3: I've never I've never been huge on Star Wars and sometimes, especially now that there's all these new movies and, 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 and shows and stuff. I do find it to be a daunting task. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, yeah. It's but that's the same thing with with Marvel. World, yeah. Like with Marvel all their TV shows, all their movies, mm-hmm. everything you up, Yeah, there's yeah. a lot to keep up, especially when they what they were doing there towards the beginning. Um I know we're in a completely different podcast now. Um but what they were doing yeah. there towards the beginning of the Marvel build-up to uh the original Avengers uh was that they were creating these uh Or I guess, you know, after the original Avengers, they created Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And now in order to almost feel like you know what's going on in the universe, you have to keep track of that series. You have to watch that every week because there's something going on with that that's actually having to do with the movies. After every movie would drop, they would actually have that movie impacting the show somehow. And so now all of a sudden there's this Easter egg of of material. And for you to feel like you're 100% in the know of what's happening,
4: you almost have to like feel obligated to watch every single series they have out there. Well, that is a big issue they've had, especially with all these Disney Plus shows. But they've made it a point to say that you cannot watch the TV shows and still understand exactly. the movie. If you watch the TV shows, you will get more out of the movie. But you don't have to watch one. And that's the way they, they try already, to do the yeah. whole franchise. Th- you can watch to any yeah. movie in the MCU and not have to watch one before that to really. But get let me it. let me ask
0: you, Greg. You you you're like me, I imagine. You're not satisfied with not knowing everything. Oh yeah, I'm a completionist. Yeah, I got to know. So well. so yeah. that's where I'm talking about the daunting task of yeah, not knowing. yeah. It's like I don't want to get into that's it. Me. That's, I don't want my fault. Yeah,
3: it's
4: fault. You know? there's that's so much.
3: much. There's an under- But it scares you, you off. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a. Uh, uh, and uh, a little bit of that. Uh, Greg, I did want to mention to you, and I'm a little bit embarrassed to say this, that during this uh, quarantine that we've done, I watched Joker for the first time. Oh, it's so good. Phoenix. Dude. Uh, it's so good. That, so good. That, that, Amazing, that is, wasn't it? That, that might uh, be one uh, of my favorite movies of all time. Dude. And that, that was the
4: movie that everybody said we didn't need. We didn't and want, dude, we didn't I need. Was,
3: of it, oh if gosh. They decided to build the DC universe around around that movie, like Marvel did with Iron Man. Like, dude, no. I want to see Batman in that version of Gotham.
4: I think the that would be version. incredible. It would I be agree. incredible. The reason why they won't do that is because when Batman vs Superman and Man of Steel came out, it was too dark. Even though it wasn't nearly as dark as Joker, it was too dark, and that's why they changed directions. I don't they think it's a problem with to being
0: too dark. I think <sighs> they just have a problem with not—like uh, they like, like they always talk about, you know, they, they decided to cut it too early. They didn't—the the problem, and I'm sure you know about this, you know, Greg, is that they, they were pushing to get all of those movies released too quickly. Right, I agree. And, and I that's agree. the issue. And and we like dark.
2: We like dark, and Batman is the what epitome. Like? Yeah. Exactly. And think about the exactly. best of all Batman movies have all been dark. And the ones that aren't yeah. good haven't been. So think about Thank the you. two Batman, <laughs> Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton as Batman is the best Batman. Like, I mean, it's just
4: plain and simple. He's the best mm-hmm. Batman. He's a good one. I wouldn't say the best one, but he's a good one. But He's you know, not it's, Batman. It's like heard- who's the other guy? Who's ben in that? Is the best Batman. what you think Ben Affleck's been the best Batman? You're, You're am saying that
3: is Batman vs.
4: Superman is my all time favorite movie. I've probably seen it a thousand and times. Oh my I, God.
3: Feel I, a I feel a lot of people, and by the way, I'm mm-hmm. not like a super fan of that movie, I, I'm not, I don't hate it either, but I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people shit on Ben Affleck. Just because it's Ben Affleck. Exactly. It's because his
2: first go. Yeah, exactly. It's it's here. It's it's not. This is was it? Wait, wait. He wasn't. Uh I'm thinking of. He wasn't he one. Was of Daredevil. The, okay, he was Daredevil. I'm thinking of George Clooney Batman, which was fucking oh, yeah. horrendous. Yeah, yeah. No, Michael Keaton is the number one Batman. The first Batman, <laughs> the second one with Michelle Pfeiffer unbelievable. Both were dark. The second one was super dark. The second Batman was super dark and then all of the Dark Knights were dark. I like those. And Mm -hmm. um, so it, it just naturally gravitates to that. Just like Superman gravitates to the opposite of dark.
4: Yeah, and I think a big argument people have with, with Henry Cavill and Man of Steel and Superman is he, that's not my Superman. My Superman saves cats out of trees and this and that. But you can go back and look at the origin of Superman on his first ever cover. He's throwing a car at people with an angry face and people are cowering in fear. And I did like away. that movie. That movie oh, was awesome. Character- that movie was awesome. It was, yeah, my second movie. Second movie real time. Okay. Wait, before we get off TV shows and get out of here, I do want to recommend... I came home yesterday. My wife just started a new series, Lucifer. It's not a new series. Yeah, I've watched If you haven't world. watched Lucifer, man, that is an awesome series. I watched the whole first season yesterday. I'm probably going to try to watch an episode before I go to bed tonight. The problem awesome
3: series. Is, is that we're not
4: Satanists. That's the yeah. problem. We're not Satanists. No, to be honest <laughs> with you, it actually
2: is very um, – it, it it would be the opposite of Satanist. <laughs> yes, really, really I'm worried really, about um, watching that up. show, Messiah. People say that one's for is I ain't
0: oh,
3: messing man.
2: with them. that was, yeah, yeah, that's
0: insane. I'm not I watched
3: a few the episodes of that, and then uh, I, I just did. I kind of got bored with it. The, yeah, it kind of lost me at think. Okay,
2: end. all right. So uh, everybody, if you're looking for a serious movie, you're gonna go uh, to Kill a Sacred Deer. Or killing the sacred deer. That's my represent. That's my. Oh, and the reason I did bring this up, Cody, is I saw this. Is somebody on Twitter wrote, "Should I watch Ozark or All American?" And I wanted to. And I was just like, "I want to fucking kill you. I want to murder you."
3: Okay, no, 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 no. Hold on. And she's still in the chat room. Thank God. Uh, I put that tweet out about how, dude, All American is a high school football show, and it's so cornball, dude. dude it, it, it's, it's filled with every stereotype that there is. And uh, I just, yeah. oh, dude. But uh, It's like Sarah an Taylor, urban version
2: of Friday Night Lights.
3: Yeah, Sarah yeah. Taylor hit me up yeah. and said, oh, you have to give it another chance. The guy uh, is based on the loose telling of a true story, and the dude played for the Panthers or something. I don't know. I don't know the whole story. But dude, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm rolling my eyes back in my head like, "Oh, god, dude! If if a show has terrible writing, I hate everyone in the show. I hate them. Mm-hmm. I hate them. I hate them. And I'm not having fun. And I'm just done. Done watching the show. And that's it, why it
4: you love
0: Watchmen."
3: Great, yeah, right? I love the watch. I, love the I
0: you know what? I still haven't finished that. That's something I need. That's what I I'm glad oh, you, you, got you definitely should. Oh, it's
3: incredible. The last two or
4: three episodes will blow your freaking mind. Yeah, definitely yeah, I, watch. The I show. I
0: watched the first one and I think I fell asleep and then I kind of I like my uh oh. I,
3: Go My, ahead. Matt. It's slow
4: yeah. picking
0: up. It's slow picking like up. up. Well, I, I i fell asleep and then it got too far ahead and then I just didn't know where I was, oh, so I lost the interest right. in wanting to go back and find where I was. So that's that's something that happens. That's the whole problem with falling asleep during you know. I am during, watching something the problem Netflix.
3: I am watching something else, and I don't know why it took me this long to think about it. Westworld. That one
2: takes oh, yeah. a de- You got to watch that with a notepad and, and the but, blog yeah. forum yeah. open. Yeah. Like, my, that my, is the yeah. most my, complicated my. show. I've watched seasons one and two, I believe, or I'm still in season two. I've like have to watch them like 700 times because I'll drink beer, I'll be playing chess, and I got to rewatch it.
3: <laughs> it is very involved, but if you go along for the ride, dude, I'm in love with that shit. And it's all stuff that we're going to have to deal with very, very soon.
4: I mean, I said oh, that oh, about Terminator in the in the eighties, though, too. No,
3: so, I mean, it's, it's, it's different now, man. I'm, I'm telling you, can't wait! I, I can't cannot
2: see. wait to go to the Westworld farm. Put <laughs> sign me <laughs> up! I want to awesome. go there. Um, all right, so that's the C3 Panthers podcast. We got one last segment. That's where we ice fools up. We tell them to ice up, toughen up to get it together. And I'm going to start tonight with a good one. My mother-in-law. Oh. Mm-mm-mm. So my fridge has been – and I'm also um, icing up appliances that last five years. Right? Is they got a fridge right now that I'm going to probably have to replace. Um, and I'm trying one last ditch effort to thaw it out and hopefully that kicks the fan back on. It does not look like it's going to happen. Anyway, I got to scramble to go all this and my mother-in-law had a old fridge that was her garage fridge, right? Like she kept the fridge in her garage that took for drinks and extra stuff like that. Well, then their real regular fridge broke. This was three years ago, and they cycled their old, their or their, like they got a new fridge. They upgraded, that's what it was. They upgraded their kitchen or something like that. And they cycled that one out. And then she tried to give us this fridge. And my garage has been a fucking shitstorm for years. Like we didn't have room and all of this. And she would call us up and she'd be like, when you get in that fridge? When you get in that fridge? So today, when my fridge broke, I was like, "Hey, we're coming over to get the fridge," <laughs> and I was like, "We're going to get that fridge, at least to save the hundreds of dollars or whatever shit we got in our fridge right now that's about to go bad." So she's been kind of bugging us about this. We get there, my wife and I loaded up. How about that? My wife and I get this fridge on the back of my truck, have you know, do all that, get it home. We open that thing up, and oh, it looked. No. It looked like fucking Dexter had murdered somebody in there. <laughs> now, it wasn't stinky. It wasn't food. It wasn't anything like that. But it was, like, disgusting. And I was thinking about this. and Oh, and by the way, we plugged it up and don't fucking work. So, it does get... So, of course.
0: Because they didn't
2: want it. <laughs> I'm icing up motherfuckers who give away their broken-ass shit to other people and also heckle them for not coming and getting it sooner just ask me to take your broken ass fridge to the damn dump that's what you could have done but no instead you gave me some broken down janky ass disgusting leftover Dexter refrigerator that I gotta now load back on my truck and take to the fucking dump ugh so to y'all mugs if your fridge can't ice up Ice up.
3: Ice up. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Did they have a freezer attached to it? Because then it has like a double meaning. All
2: of shit. it's broken, and then that she had the fu- she had the nerve to say when we loaded it up, she said, "Now the freezer don't work on it." Like, so you were already <laughs> giving us something that your ass knew was broke as a fucking joke from the beginning.
3: <clears throat> Do any of y'all uh, have one? Do you want to? You go ahead. Yeah. So, listen. I'm not as of late. I haven't been the biggest Ronda Rousey fan, um, but she was in the news, and I'm gonna come to her defense tonight. And I think Greg and CK are both wrestlers here. I'm uh, wrestling fans rather. Mm-hmm. But uh, she was uh, she was doing Steve O's podcast, and she basically said, uh, "Wrestling is people having fake fights for fun." Which, again, wrestling fans get so bent out of shape over the word fake. And that's not to diminish what they're actually doing and that their bodies aren't going through all kinds of hell doing what they do. It's not taking it away from it, but it's more of a drama. Like it's, it has more in, in, um, you know, in common with the Sopranos than it does with an MMA fight. We've been here before, Greg. And everyone is so up in arms. But, dude, listen, if anyone has the right to say this, it's Ronda fucking Rousey. I mean, Ronda Rousey, had, regardless of what you think of her personality, she was a UFC champion and was dominating other chicks, okay? She knows what it's like to really train in real combat. And even fellow wrestlers all bent out of shape in this. Life. How did you not understand the context of, of what she was saying? You cannot compare a wrestling match, which is a scripted physical drama, with mm-hmm. a real MMA fight. There are no No
2: compa- No, you can't. If you know who the victor is going to be before they start, it's not a sporting yeah. contest.
4: Yes, Uh, It it, it can be a sporting contest. It's not a competition.
3: Yes, and it's not saying that they're not high-level athletes for doing what they do, but you really are having a fake fight for fun, for drama Mm. and entertainment purposes. Do you know what Donald uh, Trump would say?
4: I don't want to know what Donald Trump would say. It's rigged. It's rigged.
3: It's rigged. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, um, And then uh, wrestlers like Alexa Bliss apparently are coming out and they're all pissed off. Like, dude, our world today understands no context. She should challenge
2: those bitch ass wrestlers to come in the octagon
4: with her.
3: Yeah, and none of them would do it because she she would fucking
4: destroy them. CM Punk tried, but he got.
3: And then got his ass (laughs) ass
4: whooped. He got destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
3: Um, yeah. But yeah, man. Um, but but then on the other hand, look what you're not devaluing what kind of athletes they are. Because then look at Brock Lesnar. He went to the UFC and was a UFC heavyweight champion. Like that guy was a legitimate NCAA wrestler. So you know th- there's a difference, man. And the wrestling fans are so mad whenever you use the word fake. And I just yeah. don't understand that, man. I, I don't understand.
2: They should embrace so to, it,
3: dude. Yeah, to all the the outrage from fans and the wrestlers, fucking ice up, son. Ice up. I
2: should have iced my kids up. You know, I tried to make my kids watch Cool Runnings the other night. They had zero interest. Oh, in that I love movie. Cool wow. Runnings. Great movie, yeah. What you got, Greg? Uh,
4: uh, okay, I'll ice up every professional athlete getting paid right now except for Justin Verlander. And it could be more than Verlander, but I don't really know for sure. Um, I don't know if y'all heard, but uh, the MLB players are going to be okay. They're not going to get paid their full salary while baseball is going on right now. But they're going to get $5,000 a day. So that should be enough to be able to put food on the table. I hope it is because $150,000 a month, I really hope that can, um, you know, athletes going on like with things going on right now. Th- there's a lot of people suffering, a lot of people losing jobs. You know, if if you're scheduled to make six million dollars this month, do you not think for one month you could survive off one million dollars and help contribute to a cause? And, and don't get me wrong, I try to contribute to charities when I can, but I don't make six million dollars a month. It's, it's a little different for me. Uh, my thing is, if you're making that much money, you know what's going on right now, and you're not working. Help somebody else out, man. I mean, damn, we could make this world so much better if people like that in those positions would help out people who don't have. it. And, and I get it. It sounds like a charity case, but this is a different kind of situation. I know Verlander decided he was going to give up his entire uh, salary until this whole thing was done, uh, which I think he makes like $658,000 a week. So it's not really, and he's married to Kate Upton. So he's not really worried about money or who he's going home to. But um to all other you know play athletes who are making all this money while you're not doing shit and you're not giving back to help out the community and help out the country and everybody else going on with these things right now, we're not going to be around to come watch you whenever you do start playing again. So guess who's going to be pocketbooks going to be hurt then? Cuz your money comes from those that revenue. Like we pay your salary whether you like it or not. We buy your jerseys, we buy your cards. We watch your television. We bite. We go to your game. So, if you can't give back, if you can't survive off a million dollars a month or you know whatever, then ice up. That's all I got to say. It's, it's ridiculous the amount of money players get paid nowadays, and they're still getting paid, not even being essential employees and not even working. So it blows my mind. So ice up. CK, what you got for us?
0: Um, I'm I'm gonna go a little different, and I only re- I'll, I'll explain why, and it's no knock on anybody, but. This these past few weeks and in, 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 uh, really this past month has just been taxing I think for most everybody in the country and the part of it that's so tough uh, and, and this is coming from a debt collector who's having to call people during this crisis and try to collect on debt. Um, it's one of the toughest times and I don't know about anybody else but um, I have found myself mentally exhausted from all of this. Um and you know one of the things that's so tough is is just constantly hearing negativity all the time and so for me what i want to do is i want to say you know for anybody who's out there who's having a hard time just being at home and not being able to go out and and enjoy themselves or have a job or anything along those lines it's tough and it's easy to kind of get into a dark place in your life and everything but just know you have a, a a group of people here uh you know, even if it's just us, if it's people in the chat, if it's other Panthers fans, I mean, you know, we're all in this together. We want to try to get through the other end of this, and it's just, it is a tough situation, um, and, and we can't be more appreciative of that you are choosing to watch us or listen to us or whatever you may be doing to watch uh, the podcast at this moment in time. I I, I just want to, you know, offer my my, I guess, my thoughts and prayers for anybody who is more impacted than i am by this i know me personally i'm working but i'm working from home and i i feel like i'm under house arrest and it's it's really starting to kind of weigh on my mind and my 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 chest is just i just feel more exhausted by everything you know and it's just so hard for me to wake up and, and want to do the same old grind every single day but you know if you get through this i, I I'm, I'm a firm believer that you know we're going to come out on the other end of this and i just want you guys to know that we're you know that at least me uh, and I'm sure all the other guys here are willing to have a conversation if you guys are in need of, of something outside of what you're having to do with a, on, a, on, a, on a daily basis. So,
2: That's anyway. so true, man. Uh, a good way to wrap up the podcast, you guys be sure to check out uh, at codizzle underscore Allen on Twitch. And uh, we'll get some more um, games loaded up. They got to mute Tony because he's got the foul mouth. So we can do our best. You know, I, 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 I killed that mofo! Friendly. I killed that mofo! And, and to be
0: fair, yeah, we it. were playing pretty You're like, where's this motherfucker so. coming from? <laughs> I think we were past the hours where parents are going to be watching what's going on in the Twitch stream, if I could speak. So
4: Yeah, it was like 1 o'clock in the morning, I think, when we were playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. But fun. So check out that Twitch, uh, that Twitch channel, uh, Greg. Man of many podcasts. Where can they? I know Friday nights is the night that yes, you guys sir. record. Monday is the audio dump. What's the name mm-hmm. of the podcast and how can they find
4: it? Uh, you can find me at the Bad Daddy 52 and I am one of the hosts of the Super Civil Servants podcast where we talk about the same kind of thing that the C3 Panthers podcast has been talking about for the last 45 minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> movies, television shows, all that good stuff. It's Sarah fun, Taylor's huh? going to be... Yeah, it is tons of fun, man. Sarah Taylor is going to be on my show this week from the chat room. She's a huge fan of this show, huge fan of my show, great friend. Uh, we're talking some MCU. CK is coming on next week. We're talking Lord of the Rings. Man, we've got plans out the wazoo. It's a great time. Uh, we have no limits, no bars, and we don't have any rules really. So if you're interested in coming and checking us out, you can find us on any platform or any network you listen to your podcast on. And in four episodes, we're going live just like this show. As as awesome. It's just me.
2: Awesome. Yeah, and we're gonna take it's gonna take lots of hours and lots of frustration, lots of hiccups, I'm but sure. you'll get it. You're gonna stick with it, you're gonna keep pounding. Cody, the Cripple Connection Podcast is on your YouTube channel. You'll be uh revamping that up. Also where you got some work
3: coming out on draft tech. Yeah, man. So follow me on Twitter at Cody Lack, C O D Y L A C. Um no matter what I'm doing. Mock drafts, podcasting, uh if you wanna know about it, you can follow me on Twitter to find it. Uh, I started a podcast with my man, Jeffrey Redman, uh, Cripple Connection Podcast. Uh, it's all about everything video games. If you're a fan of video game talk and industry discussion, the specs of new consoles and console wars, all that kind of good stuff, uh, check out the podcast, subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, Cody Lashley, the same one I use here uh, in the YouTube chat. And tomorrow there is a brand new Mott Draft on DraftTech.com with first and second round picks. By the way, spoiler alert, peep that second round pick. Dude, that is a dream scenario. Those two first and second round picks that I have us taking for the Panthers. So definitely check that out tomorrow. DraftTech.com, message me your input. Um, before our next show, I'm going to uh, try and have uh, my top 100 players of this season's NFL draft, and I'll publish that, and you'll be able to use that as your own personal guide of players to look out for who might be available for the Panthers at what pick and how they stack up, and uh, you'll be able to ask me questions about that as well. And uh, that's about it, man.
2: All right, man. That's the C three Panthers podcast. The numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. We'll be here. Next Tuesday, nine o'clock, and then also next Thursday, uh, as the draft kicks off. I believe it usually starts at eight or eight thirty. We don't. We start just a few minutes before the draft. Go ahead, hang out with us. Uh, mute your TV. Hang out with Panther fans. Come in and out. We'll see you next Tuesday. It's the C Three Panthers Podcast. Subscribe, support, keep pounding. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. <laughs> what's so special
0: about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co
1: catch those springtime vibes all over arizona break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks